Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the Talk Nintendo podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Casey Gibson, and joining me tonight, not as always, but it's always a pleasure when he's here, reviews editor and thirsty mage regular, Jordan Rudick. Hi, Casey. Uh, I've decided I'm just going to replace Perry from now on, so sorry to everyone from, you know, Talk Nintendo land out there, but uh, you're not going to be seeing Perry anymore. Can you hear all the cheers? <laughs> yeah, the, the crowd goes wild. I guess I'm going to I'm gonna have to learn what a cornhusker actually is. Yeah, we're, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was trying to think, like, what what could we do for you? Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of vegetables you Canadians like. Uh, I know you like hockey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you, you're the you're the metropolitan. Perry's the cornhusker. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll come up with something maybe by the end of the episode. I I, I like carrots, but that has nothing to do with Canada. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, you could probably go a million different directions with that one. But yeah. um, but yes, yeah. So Perry is not here today, and it actually sort of marks a, a milestone. I believe this will be the first episode without uh, Perry or myself on it at all. He uh. He couldn't make it because uh, something sprouted up, and that thing that sprouted up was a baby. That's Perry right. has a baby little girl now. He is uh, officially a father as of, I believe it was, yeah, yesterday as of recording. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a huge congrats to Perry. Uh, we're wishing him the best with everything that's going, you know, that is entailed with having a baby. Uh, Jordan knows a little something about that, I believe. I mean, the, the the height of all irony, Case, would be if I have to leave halfway through this podcast for the exact same reason. So, you know, fingers crossed here, uh, my wife's also might ex- be. expecting. So uh, we're kind of in the same boat as Perry, you know, maybe have to run to the hospital sometime soon. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I might be wrapping this podcast up solo or uh, I'm going to have to have a baby to join the group. Um, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, make sure everyone to go over and wish uh, Papa Pert. A big old congrats on Twitter. I'm sure he'll love it. Um, but yeah, so the show goes on as it always does. We never miss a week, even if Perry's having a baby. That, um, honestly, Case, that's that's a pretty amazing co- accomplishment that through 100, almost 150 episodes that at least one of you guys has been on every episode. I think that's pretty great. So, you know, congrats to you guys, too. Like, that's a really good accomplishment. Why, thank you. Thank- now I can officially say I'm the last survivor, you know? That's right. Yeah, we you, all you, knew you, Casey was the better half of Talk Nintendo podcast, but now you've, it's you've never much you've never missed one yourself. You've been 148. You've yeah, been there. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, there. There have been ones where like one of us has to go early, or yeah, uh, yeah. you know, or is there for only a, a you know part of the show. But yeah, I've my voice has graced every single Talk Nintendo podcast episode, and Perry's up to this point. So. If Perry didn't have a baby, I think I would I would say that he's just he's just avoiding me at this point because I yeah. think the, the last episode we recorded, uh, he also left halfway through. So you know, Perry, if you listen to this and you don't want to talk to me anymore, dude, just you know, send me a DM or something. Like, let me know. Let's let's talk this out. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to have a baby to avoid Jordan. Right. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's simpler than that. Just just tell me to go away. It's okay. Well, now he's got eighteen years of excuses, right? That's oh right, no, nope, right. the baby. Yeah, for sure. Uh yes, but. As I said, we've got a, a nice little episode here. We're going to be talking about a bunch of great games, and one I am super stoked to talk about. But before we get into that, I've got uh, I've got a little quick bite here, and this is a quick bite on a quick bite. So, today, over on Twitter, uh, I, I think it was Estuardo and Josh 
We're talking about uh, breakfast burritos, and I had mentioned I had never had one, which is weird because I love both breakfast and I love burritos. So you'd think, you know, a marriage made in heaven, right? Um, well, I happened to uh, get home today, and I haven't really eaten all day, and I was like, man, I need to eat something before uh, this podcast starts. And there's a Sonic that just happens to be around uh, the corner from me. So I went and I got the ultimate meat and cheese breakfast burrito. So now, that I, uh, Case, is this ooh. one of those uh, burritos that you can eat like any time of the day, or is it, are they only serving that at breakfast? No, they. Uh, I well, I guess Sonic serves breakfast all day, okay. so it, it is on the menu all day. Uh, yeah, it's five p.m. Um, Eastern time is when I got this bad boy. It's got a uh, let's see, crispy bacon, savory sausage, golden tots, fluffy scrambled eggs, and melted cheddar, all wrapped up in a, in a tortilla. And oh, baby, it was good. It was good. I would have it again. This this podcast is truly becoming talk non-tendo because last week you were talking with with Mick and I know you guys were you you brought up a bunch of uh, you brought up a PS4 game or uh, I guess Apex Legends is crossplay or it's on all the platforms except for Switch uh, and there was that that Diablo game you were talking about last week as well so uh, I guess yeah, you know any, anything goes when, when Perry's not here maybe yeah yeah the reins are gone yes yeah. we can do what we want um, my only beef would with this burrito would be that. Um, I feel like alone, it's not enough. Like, for right now, it was perfect, right? I, I just needed something quick to eat. I, I feel like I would fall into the trap of ordering mozzarella sticks, and I almost did, or, or like, uh, the cheddar poppers. Oh, yeah, okay. You need and some kind of side, sudden, side dish with it or something. Yep, yeah, and then all yeah. of a sudden, then you're spending $10, $11, you know? So, it, I don't know. It's one of those one of those situations. But, nevertheless, very good. Um, yeah, who knew that replying to that tweet would... Uh, would net me a breakfast burrito today. I but did. I did see that conversation on Twitter, and I was going to pop in, but the problem is, like, I I think I would like burritos too. I, did, I probably had, maybe I've had one or two, you know, in my whole life. Um, but you know, burritos and cheese are kind of synonymous with each other, and cheese is something I stay away from now. Really bad lactose intolerance oh. over here. So, oh, yeah. you poor son of a gun! I, I know it sucks. Honestly, like as a kid growing up, I didn't really eat cheese. I ate like cheese on pizza, and that was pretty much it. And then, you know, when I got into my 20s, like, I started maybe having a little bit more cheese and, like, oh, like, I think Doritos, like, nacho cheese flavor was one of those, like, like, hey, like, this kind of cheese is really good. Like, I don't just need to have cheese on pizza. So I I discovered cheese a little bit later in life or, like, maybe an enjoyment of it, Um, you know, uh, Parmesan cheese, um, uh, yeah, all all, all different kinds, but I guess nothing too crazy. But anyways, like, yeah, as soon as I started really liking it, uh, oh yeah, I can't, I can't actually have it anymore. So that kind of sucks. But uh, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you found a burrito that you like, though. Dude, that that is like this. I would not wish that upon my enemies, man. Not to be able to enjoy cheese. It is. I mean, I'll be honest, there, there, were, there were times when I was, I guess, first figuring out that I was lactose intolerant. They're like, man, this sucks. Like a lot of the, my favorite foods, like, uh, you know, I, I would have milk with cereal, you know, ice cream, stuff like that. Like, oh, you, you can't really have those anymore. So now I'm trying to find substitutes like they are. I don't know what it's like in the States, but in, in Canada, they're they're coming up with a lot of uh, dairy products made with uh, like almond milk or coconut milk or soy milk and stuff like that. So the the cheeses, I think, are a little bit off. Like, I haven't really tried a bunch of the non-dairy cheeses. But, you know, like ice cream or like milk and cream for coffee and stuff, like, it's actually pretty decent. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so when you – do you just not eat pizza anymore? Or do you only get, like, 
the specialty slices, like a chicken and broccoli that doesn't really have any cheese on. I it. mean, this is what I do. I I think we're I think we might be having pizza tonight for dinner. Actually, I buckle um, down. <laughs> yeah, we uh, no, I, I I can't. Like it's really bad. I would be in a lot of pain. So what I do is I if I get pizza, I just throw on a bunch of toppings, like a bunch of meats and stuff like that, uh, and I just don't get cheese on it. And you know, it's kind of like a it's more like a pizza bread at that point, I guess. But, you know, it's fine. It does the job. It's not quite the same. But, you know, you're still getting that that dough, that nice crust uh, and your all your favorite like sausage, bacon, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a decent substitute, even if it's not exactly the same thing. Oh, man, like no, oh, no mozzarella sticks, dude. <laughs> I'm so I feel Can't... like. Casey, just, oh. I've, all the things you're feeling right now, like I, I've gone through them all and I've got to like, I've made my peace with it. You know, it's okay. Yeah, like I, I, I feel I'll, miserable I'll over here, man. Way to bring down the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. I, with and, the and most you, were bring, you were bringing news. it up with that burrito too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Okay. Well, why don't we move into some games we've been playing? And you want to kick us off with a recent DLC that absolutely looks wonderful. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, extra recent because I was playing it just before we hopped on here. Uh, and that's the, the Messenger wait, wait, wait. DLC. The Picnic Panic uh, Messenger DLC. Uh, Messenger came out last year. It's kind of like a Ninja Gaiden, a Ninja Gaiden, um, you know, action platformer type game. Uh, it's got cool kind of movement abilities where you jump and you slash your sword, and then you get to jump again. So you can kind of uh, float around. There's a lot of kind of uh, acrobatic uh, movement you have to do. Uh, some really cool boss fights. Uh, the Messenger is a really good game that came out uh, last year. I think it's on sale right now. People should definitely uh, take a uh, take a look at that or pick it up. Um, so on Thursday, July 11th, the uh, Messenger got a free DLC update. Uh, like I said, Picnic Panic. Uh, it's kind of a summer-themed one. Uh, you're you go to like a, a a separate island from the main game, um, and the the way you get to the island, you kind of ride on like a surfboard type thing, and you you fight like an octopus boss. So it starts off pretty fun. Um, it's it's not it's not super long for those who have played the base game. Uh, it, it probably only takes a couple of hours, but it is really really challenging. It it's definitely harder I think than anything in the base game. Uh, there's um, I don't know if I'm getting into spoiler territory here. I'm gonna kind of talk about it a bunch. So if you guys uh, if you're interested, I'll I'll maybe save some spoiler stuff for a bit, uh, and then I'll just kind of talk about my feelings about it. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, I I got stuck at a couple of points because it's really again really really challenging, really tough. Um, it does some different things where it's not just kind of the uh, standard gameplay from the base game. There is uh, kind of a, a relay type race thing where you're trying to race against this dark messenger figure. Uh, there's some uh, there's a really tough boss fight about maybe halfway through the halfway through the DLC. Um, the, just the the platforming and the the moving around that you have to do. You kind of go inside a volcano and there's a lot of kind of vertical movement, kind of scaling. Uh, go after going back down, coming out of the volcano to kind of scale it again. Uh, some really yeah really really tricky jumps and stuff you have to do. Um, Casey, you played the messenger last year, I think when it came out, how did, how did you find it? Um, I liked it a lot. So this was actually a game we saw at PAX and it was one of those, like we instantly knew like, okay, this game is going to be good, right? Like it, it feels mm-hmm. really good. The, I love, um, how it, you know, how it sort of shakes it up, right? The first half of the game is sort of, uh, like a beat em up almost, right? And then all of a sudden, then it gets into a more like, Hey, Metroidvania, you're mm-hmm. going to be sort of traversing all around, um, 
Yeah, and there's a lot, of, me, a lot of backtracking in the original game after you kind of unlock all your powers, right? Yeah, and, and that's generally, I don't, you, you know me, is, Metroidvanias aren't my favorite type mm-hmm. of game. Um, so I didn't actually beat the original game. I got to that halfway point where it switched it up, and then I ended up playing, you know, I don't know how much longer after that, and then it just sort of uh, ended up um, to the wayside, if you will. And But I was actually wondering, so with the, the DLC itself, is it sort of structured similarly, or is it sort of like, hey, is it's like you've beat the game, or, or you know, whatever, you've prog- progressed far into the game, and it's just sort of a continuation where you're still going to be flipping the, the two styles of play in, in the Metroidvania style? Yeah, so there's a couple things worth mentioning here. So you still get that, uh, the flipping between the 8-bit and the 16-bit uh, styles. Um, you know, they're, they're still using puzzles and uh, thing, kind of things you have to solve uh, using that mechanic in the game. Um, the music is still really, really good. There's a few, I think some new tracks here uh, by the same guy uh, who did the music in the base game. Uh, and the Messenger's, you know, one of the great soundtracks from last year, absolutely. Uh, so some really good, uh, really good songs here. Um, it, it's not long enough such that it has like a Metroidvania component. It's very much similar to the first half of the base game where you're kind of just going from left to right or, or you know, up and down uh, through different areas, you know, uh, just, yeah, just trying to get from A to B, I suppose. Uh, there's lots of safe points lots of checkpoints until kind of maybe in the second half or the the last third of the dlc where they they make you do a lot before you get to a new save or checkpoint so yeah that that can make it kind of frustrating too uh you're likely to die i I mean I, i died a lot playing this one but i think part of that was that I hadn't played the base game for such a long time, right? I played that last year, finished it, enjoyed it. Uh, and then when they announced this DLC, I was just looking forward to it. So I think we've been waiting a little bit for this uh, Picnic Panic uh, content to come out. It's finally here. Um, to access it, though, it's a little bit tricky slash unfortunate. You have to have beaten the base game first to access this. Mm. You, ca- you cannot go to it unless you've beaten the base game. And there's another little wrinkle there, and I'm not 100% sure that this is going to affect everybody. But my understanding is, if you beat the Messenger last year, you have to beat the final boss again to access the DLC. So even if you completed the game last year, uh, you, your, your checkpoint, kind of where, you, where your last save would be, is right outside the final boss room. You must beat the final boss again to access the DLC. If that you, is so weird. It's it's so, really so you weird. Had yeah. to, so you had to beat the boss again. I did, and that that took me a little while. So I kind of I kind of started off on a bad foot, I guess. You know, kind of a little bit disgruntled, like oh, like uh, I don't have a lot of time. I just want to check out the DLC quickly. Uh, nope, you gotta you gotta fight the final boss again. And I, obviously, I was really rusty, right? You know, I hadn't played the game in like at least six months. So I pick it up, and like the boss is giving me a lot of trouble because I'm kind of trying to relearn all the the mechanics and stuff, and you know, figure out my timing. And so it took me a little while, probably took me about 10 or 12 tries. I finally beat the the, the final boss of the base game, and then I was able to, to jump into the Picnic Panic uh, content. So um, that's, a, that's a little bit unfortunate. However, it sounds like uh, I heard from some people on Twitter that if you beat the game this year, so I guess in 2019 for some reason, or maybe there was a patch or, so, or well, some yeah, kind of update, right? Yeah, I was thinking maybe there was some sort of patch that, like, you know, it, it didn't register that you'd beaten it, you know, if you'd beat the boss and then download the patch kind of thing. Yeah, they might have had a patch kind of setting up the DLC so that the game would check that, oh, you've beaten it, okay, you can go right to the DLC. So I think if you beat it in 2019, you can jump right into the DLC without doing the final boss 
twice or something like that. So uh, I guess your mileage may vary depending on how easily you can access the content. But uh, those are the those are the two situations I've heard about one that happened to me and one I uh, kind of heard anecdotally. So uh, yeah, the, the, it's a little bit tricky to get into maybe. But once you do, it's really fun. Uh, again, it's got this kind of beach or tropical theme to it. Uh, and then the, this volcano that you're scaling, which is a, again, a really, really tough section. Um, uh, could just kind of get into spoiler territory a little bit here, case I'm ho- I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, want. I mean, there's not a lot of story to it, uh, but so the about maybe a third of the way through, forty percent of the way through, you fight a boss. Uh, the boss is kind of like a like a looks like a totem pole sort of. Uh, he's kind of these stacked blocks of like animal figures, one on top of the other, and the only one that is vulnerable to your attacks is the top one. So the boss kind of like shifts the blocks and throws them at you and has all these different attacks where you have to kind of jump on the various parts of the totem pole to get to the top so you can slash away at the head of it. And it's really tough. It took me a bunch of tries. Uh, it's you know, It's got three kind of separate phases, really uh, requires a lot of patience, a lot of strategy to beat that one. Um, funny enough, that's kind of the only boss of the game. I seem to remember the base game having a lot more boss encounters. This is really the only one that you fight in the DLC. Um, Mm. after that, uh, you do a little bit more platforming, more action segments, um, maybe another hour of content or so, and then you get to this, uh, race against a dark messenger who's summoned by this, uh, this devil, uh, kind of, I think he was one of the final bosses in the base game. I don't really remember his name. Um... He summons this dark messenger and you have to race through these different stages uh, to be the first of five wins. And oh man, this is one of the hardest things I've played in 2019. It took me so many tries. I had basically given up until this afternoon when I'm like, you know what? I've, I've probably tried this like 30. I've probably gone 30 or 40 times here. I'll, I'll do one more. I'll do one more before the podcast because I want to talk about it and see if I can beat it and get maybe get get a little bit more done. Uh, so I, I did it one more time. I, I finally beat him. Uh, he's, you, you have to play almost perfectly to win this relay race. Uh, the, the different stages have kind of a different layout, different, uh, different movements, different uh, patterns you have to do to beat him. Uh, finally did. And it turns out that that's almost the end of the game. Because after this relay race part, you find the, the devil guy who has kind of collected these uh, little kind of puffy circle they almost look like kirby's he's kind of captured them i guess on this island that's kind of the the whole drive for you visiting the island and and going through it as you're trying to rescue these guys uh so you you find the devil guy and then hilariously of all things you get into a fight where he becomes giant and you team up with these uh kind of they're guys from the base game they're the ones wearing cloaks they they, and they got the the kind of the black faces uh i don't i don't remember what they're called like the shopkeepers maybe for example okay gotcha yeah they they team up with you and you you become supersized as well uh you become like a supersized shopkeeper uh i'm kind of thinking like power rangers here where the where (laughs) you know the the monster gets giant and then the power rangers summon like the megazord and you get into this fight and it's a boxing match and it's basically just punch out like it, it's like NES. <laughs> it's like NES punch out. And that's that's, that's the final boss. <laughs> that's the final boss of the DLC, I believe, unless I missed something. You do a kind of a punch out type uh, three round fight with the with the final boss. So with this devil guy. So uh, that was uh, just kind of a hilarious uh, twist ending to uh, to the game. Like it's not a not a very standard boss fight at all. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, actually. Just kind of a, a it not, not it wasn't all that difficult. You know, if you've played Punch Out, it's, it's pretty straightforward. But uh, just mm-hmm. a fun th- just a fun thing to see at the end there. I was going to say classic, right? Like, oh, I can't beat this. You put it down for a day, come back and one shot it is like. 
I feel I like mean, that always happens, right? We we've all been there, yeah. I mean, it was my first try as well. Like it, I wasn't like, oh, I figured something out. It was just like almost total randomness or something, right? I, you just need that rest, man. You need to sleep on it. I guess that's what it is. You know, just coming back to something fresh does really does really work sometimes, especially in video games. Um, now, yep, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say you were you're saying it's very difficult, right? But yeah. sort of more difficult than the base game. Yes. Is it is that you know a good thing or a bad thing like is it frustratingly annoying you know where you're sort of like throwing your hands up like feeling almost unfair or was it a nice challenge and had you you know sort of beaten the game and went right into the dlc maybe it might have felt a little easier you know like you said where you didn't have to knock the rust off or yeah that's what i'm thinking the last thing you said where if i had gone right from the the base game and maybe like i left the game for a couple weeks or a month or something rather than like six to eight months you know i think i'd be i think i'd probably be okay but i was just so i guess maybe i was just so rusty and so not familiar with all the uh you know how to play the game well after you know playing 10 hours of the game last year and then to come back into it with a you know i've forgotten that muscle memory and stuff like that and there mm-hmm. is some tricky platforming there's some the, the mechanics for controlling the messenger are not all that easy right it is a little bit more advanced of a game so i think that yeah part of it is that i think the relay race thing is is maybe a little unfair because uh what happened to me i'm not sure if this is programmed into the game but i would get him down to where i only need to win one more race and for whatever reason, he he'd switch on turbo mode and he'd just be blowing me out of the water. As soon as I make a single small mistake, I've got no chance to beat him, and he's way ahead of me in the stage. So mm. I so don't know. Like, yeah, you need like a flawless run. Pretty much, I think. I don't know if it's catch up logic where it's trying to get it so like it's four four and it's do or die. I don't know. The do or die stage is. I mean, it's man. It's the one I. I guess you. You. Ha- I think you have to win that one to beat him or something like that. But I. It, it's all vertical. There's no left to right movement. So you're just slashing like the lanterns and you're going straight up like a volcano kind of the kind of setting. That's pretty cool. Uh, and it's yeah. It it looks neat, but man, it's brutal. And I, I beat him just by the skin of my teeth. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I think it's probably okay i think it maybe could be you know maybe a little bit easier i think that that it's you know compared to again compared to the base game i think it's a sizable jump and for people that haven't played in a long time i think they could get frustrated with it so um i'm I'm kind of halfway between like fun challenge and a little too frustrating so maybe maybe that's why they make you replay the final boss you know just uh, knock the rust off here so you're ready to go for the dlc you know i was thinking about that as well and that's not that's not a bad point but the problem is a lot of the challenge from the DLC doesn't come from boss fights as much as it comes from just the the, the moving through moving through the levels and knowing like you know the the timing of your jumping and slashing at the lanterns and do when to do a double jump and stuff like that. So yeah, that could be, and I think that does that does help uh, fighting the final boss again. The base game does help with the, the the single boss you fight in the DLC, but there is a lot more of that movement that's also really tricky too. So. Mm. Yeah. Uh, overall, like, I mean, it's free, it's free DLC. Like, it's, it's really hard to complain about free content they give you on top of an already awesome game. So if you haven't checked out The Messenger, please do that. It's really fun. And if you if you feel like you want a little bit more of a challenge, you want you want to spend a little bit more time with the game. Hey, they, they give you a free free DLC pack with a couple of extra hours of, of fun. So. Yeah, you can never never complain about free DLC, especially when mm-hmm. it's sizable, you know, like. Yeah, it's, 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 it's oh free DLC and it's like a costume, you know. It's like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. cool. Or they give you like a new weapon or a new item or something. But this is actually like a new a new stage, a new area, right? And perfect for the summer. I wonder if they like 
had finished it, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like, well, we got to wait for like a midsummer release. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that there's part of it is like that. Like, yeah, this is a really good time. It's not super busy with, with bigger games and it is, yeah, it is a, a, a summer. It's not themed September. Theme. It's oh yeah. September's just not. Seems, seems, <laughs> seems to get worse every time I look at the, the schedule of games coming out. Um, I, I was going to say one more thing. Uh, I've totally forgotten here. Um, the, the messenger, no, I've, I've lost it. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if, if it sprouts back up, don't, yeah. don't be afraid to jump in there. No problem. Well, yeah, the DLC for the Messenger. Like I said, I, I definitely love the aesthetic. Very, like you said, the summer vibes. You're on mm-hmm. the beach. Uh, a lot of turquoise for the ocean. You know that nice blue. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool and and definitely a really fun game. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I actually I downloaded um, the patch or whatever because you know I was on the eShop and now I won't be able to play. It. <laughs> They're, uh, they're, I just want to, I, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to tease something about the DLC. There seem to be some hints in the DLC about future content. And I don't know if that means DLC or a sequel. And I'm not going to say any more than that. But it is a, a neat thing to go through the Picnic Panic DLC and see, oh, maybe they're planning on doing more of this. And I think the game did pretty well, so it wouldn't surprise me. And I, I would love to see, uh, uh, you know, a sequel to The Messenger or, or something else like that. So... Yeah, that there is I, some, I hope, some hints in there. I hope they go the sequel route. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like sometimes, especially like, all right, you already released like a pretty nice big DLC for free. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get caught in the shovel night where it's like we've released six different games and but they're all shovel night, but they're all different and they're all free. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel yeah. like it like muddies the water a little bit, and it's like. Just, just move on to the sequel, boys. You know. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that too. I'm, I'm working on a feature. I've, I've already kind of typed out a draft for a feature on Shovel Knight, and and you know the the fact that it was, it was kickstarted, and how the the kind of Kickstarter has almost made them forced to keep doing more. You know, like maybe if if it wasn't a kickstarted game and it just got you know funded by Nintendo or someone else, you know, another publisher, that they would have maybe moved on to a sequel by now. We wouldn't have had the the extra character. Uh, DLC pack. So, uh, I mean, I'm still working on that. I'm kind of t- trying to time it with release of the King of Cards DLC. So, hopefully, we'll hear about that soon. I mean, I can't imagine that's going to slip out of this year. It's already been delayed a couple times, or I know they've they've yeah. Sent I feel out like it's been a that. while. So it has. I mean, we we've seen that before. It was at PAX West last year, and <laughs> and like the it, year it was, before that, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's been playable. And I, I don't know. I don't. I, what are they? What are they waiting for? Like, I, I mean. I, I want that to that DLC to come out because I want to see what their next game you know from that from their yeah. actual team. We are is ready be, right? to see. Yeah, like I wonder. I, I hope that it's sort of one of those things where they've been working on something sort of alongside it. So once they're done mm-hmm. with uh, with that, they can shift gears and all of a sudden, maybe within a year, you see like a, a brand new release, whether yeah. that's a sequel or just a completely new um style of game or something yeah it just depends on how big how big their team is and yeah maybe that maybe that's the reason why the last two dlc things have taken so long is because they've been working on them at the same time as something else so i I mean they don't want to have a big gap right they don't want to have like more than two years i think or three years where they're not releasing a new game uh because you've got all this goodwill from the shovel knight games that everyone is clamoring to see what they're doing next so come on yacht club yeah give us the goods i mean i, I love what they do and, and it's not it's certainly not a situation of wanting to rush them but i just feel like the kings the kickstarter kind of hamstrung them a little bit so uh yeah eager to see what they're going to do next 
Yeah, good on them for following through, though, instead for of sure. just being like, nah, we're going to just charge a bunch of money for these, you know what I mean? Like, And I know they've re-released them and stuff. Like, I, I bought um, I bought it for Switch, you yep. know, right when it first came out, so I'm pretty sure that includes all the free D- DLC and stuff. So it, it does. Even the ones that haven't come out, you're going to get uh, King of Cards and the, 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 the fighting one, the fighting game, or the Smash Bros. Oh, style see, one. The, yeah. I didn't realize that was part of the DLC as well. My understanding is that all of that is going to be free if you have the Treasure Trove Shovel Knight pack that you bought, uh, kind of when, yep. when, it, when it first came to Switch, I guess. Yeah, that was yeah. in my, oh my god, Nintendo Switch, I'm buying everything. Oh, I mean, it came out the first. They were actually really smart to release that basically oh. at launch of the Switch, mm-hmm. right? That was a, that was very clever. So obviously everyone was playing Zelda, but if you wanted something smaller, hey, the the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove is right there, and I think it was close to the release of the Spectre Knight campaign as well. It was uh, around the same time, maybe a little bit later. Yeah, 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 it was super early because it might have even been a launch title. Yeah, I think I think it was. I think it was. because, like I said, I'm pretty sure I was in that. Like, well, I've already spent. All this money, what's another 20 bucks, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When, when you're in that, like, well, whatever. And and knowing that there's more content to come still, too, right? That you, If you yeah. buy it now on Switch, uh, you know, whatever, come what may, you're still going to get the King of Cards expansion when that comes out. So. And I'm pretty sure I never even played it. Um, I just oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I, I played through... I know I've beaten Shovel Knight a, a handful of times. I've mm-hmm. beat uh, Plague Knight. Okay. Uh, I really like that one. And then what Spectre was after that, Spectre right? Spectre Knight. Spectre Knight's the third and the third and most I guess most recent one, yeah. Alright. I so I don't think I I know I didn't beat Spectre Knight. I think I might have played a little bit of it, but that might have also just been at PAX, but We we made a we made we accidentally made a perfect segue uh away from our Messenger DLC because uh Spectre Knight actually plays very much like the Messenger does. Uh, he has like this dash move that if you attack somebody or you attack like a lantern, he kind of dashes upward, right? So that that's kind of his movement quirk. Is this a very similar one to the messenger? Okay, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I have played that because now I'm, I'm like it's coming back to me. I don't mm-hmm. think I beat it though. Yeah, I I I really, I really like, like that one. I really like how they all play so drastically different. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, like they could have just reskinned it, right, and been like, yeah. oh well, we added like one world that sort of really uh, capitalizes on the one person, uh, you know, the one knight's kind of uh, ability. but That's why it's hard to nope. fault them, because they, they put so much care and attention to detail in each DLC. They have not mailed it in at all. Like, they're all they're all very different. You know, they, again, they're all they kind of change the environment in unique ways, different music. Like, they do a lot of different stuff. And uh, I think the cool thing about King Knight, uh, hopefully coming soon, is that I think he plays a little bit like Wario from, like, the Wario Land games. Ooh, little, yeah, big and husky. Yeah, he's got like a kind of a dash or a charge attack like Wario does, I believe. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, but uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll get that soon. Mm. Well, speaking of something we've already gotten, and you've been playing this for a while because you did the review for uh, the website. That's right. And I, I picked it up on launch day, which was uh, Friday, Friday you know, about a week ago. Oh, baby, Dragon Quest Builders 2. <laughs> My goodness, dude. This this seriously might be like my game of the year so far. I've I've thought the I thought the exact same thing, Casey, and I've, I've been trying 
I've been trying to think, like, what else have I played? It's probably the best game I've played so far. Like, I, I've been... It's certainly the game that I've had the hardest time putting down this year so far, I would say. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, yeah. um, so Dragon Quest Builders, obviously, this is the sequel to the, uh, the original that came out uh, two years ago? Maybe? Maybe maybe it was 20, early 2018? Um, no, I don't think it was last year. It was either 2017 or 2016. All right, well, it wasn't 2016 because the Switch okay. wasn't out. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll go with 2017. Yeah, yeah the, the follow-up. Uh, now, the second has been released uh, in Japan for quite some time, but it's finally made its way over. And this is a, it's a Minecraft-esque world, right? It's Everything's in, like, that... Uh, the the box like all blocks and you can chip away at things and you build things up um and obviously it's very inspired by minecraft except it's got like a nice plot to push it forward right um now i haven't played a ton of minecraft but there isn't really a story right for the most part not that i know of i I, again i've probably played less than an hour of minecraft and it's just not for me it's too it's too it's, open-ended. There's too much freedom. Like, I, and I, I, I'm not all that creative in terms of building stuff. I need direction. I need blueprints. And I don't... Maybe maybe Minecraft has that, but I never, you know, looked into it enough to see if it does. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if there's a, a story. Maybe maybe people have built one into it. And I know there's, like, there's uh, the Telltale uh, Minecraft games, which obviously have a story to them. But, yeah, I'm not sure about the base game. Yeah, and that's the the thing for me. It's like the idea of Minecraft is really awesome. Like, oh, you get in there and you can do whatever you want and build all these cool things. And of course, you're perusing on Reddit and you see like these crazy screenshots of like, yeah, we've got 30 people on our server and we come in and we build these insane buildings. And like when you Mm -hmm. zoom out, they look like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, you can't even tell this is Minecraft, you know? And then all of a sudden you go in and you're like, Jesus, it, it, it is. It's crazy. I mean, we, we've seen people do stuff like, you know, they've, they've made Midgar from Final Fantasy VII oh, in God. Minecraft. They've made the pyramids from Egypt. They've made Peach's Castle. Like, they, they've made all these ridiculous things. Like, you know, hats, off to, <laughs> hats off to all these people that are super creative and, and, you know, maybe very good kind of visually, spatially able to put that stuff together. But yeah, I've just never really been like that. And it's always, I guess it's just a game that I've always kind of maybe admired a little bit and certainly admired the people who play it. But yeah, I've never really been my bag. Yep. Yeah. So that was for me, it was like, okay, Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, I, I played like a very, I played like five minutes of the demo or whatever, you know, maybe a half hour um, of the original. And then just whatever happened, it went, it went to the wayside. I never picked it up. Uh, but I know two was sort of like, all right, like, We've got a good game here, and they've built upon it to make it even better, more accessible, and just more fun, right, was was the impressions we were getting. And I'm like, okay. I, I was even, I was potentially going to be on the review for this site, and then I'm like, you know what? I feel like I should not do this because it's, it's a genre I want to like, but I generally don't, and then I'm going to find myself stuck playing this super long game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for a review that I'm not enjoying. Um... But as the, the, the weeks led up to launch, I was like, oh, I'm, all right, I think I'm going to pick this up. Um, and I'm sure glad I did because, like you said, I'm, I'm not the most creative person. When you give me these huge open worlds, I can do whatever the heck you want. It's, it's like, well, it's like, I don't know. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, what the heck am I going to do? So um, I was like, all right, 
get in there and this story starts going right you're on the ship and you're like uh, the tutorial area you're on the ship and you're sort of you're a captured builder because builders are bad people um in in the children of aragon right uh, that's right yep yep uh, they they want to destroy the builders they want to destroy everything so uh everyone's like converted into this religion and so like the builders are, are bad news you don't want to associate with the builders but it's so funny like the, these monsters have you captive and they're like oh like come on like do us jobs like we love you like it, it, they seem very friendly you know what i mean it is um, a, a really funny opening actually where they 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 do a good job of blending a tutorial where you're learning gameplay with story right that you're you learn about yeah you learn about the background of the world and uh, that builders are kind of they've kind of been banned or kind of been they've been all kind of captured or destroyed or whatever and you're one of the last ones remaining in this world maybe uh but yeah they still want you to build stuff for them i guess that's part yeah again it, it does help you learn the game and it, it's part of that charm and humor i think too that it's it's a little bit wacky that yeah you're you're a bad guy or you're sorry you're you're bad to them and you're going to be executed or capped be held captive forever and yet you're running around doing little kind of chores for them you know yeah, it's putting it, their it, ship it, together you know right like, oh. yeah yeah oh we, we sprung a leak you know we, we you know can you go and patch that hole like yeah no problem i'll go and do that for you right it, it, it's very cute and funny actually i like it a lot yeah it's a good thing you're here otherwise we would have sunk um <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so you're of course your ship uh you know takes on a lot of water crashes you find yourself on an island um and you meet a few people right off the bat and it's like hey like there's not really anything going on on this island, uh, okay. And then pretty much you get shipped off to Ferrowood, um, which is a, an island where you're going to be concentrating on sort of like a stereotypical, like, oh, we're going to go there, we're going to build up this farm, and we're going to, you know, get vegetables, and that's sort of the goal, right? It's like, oh, we're going to build up this farm that was once great, but now that uh, the builders are not allowed, um, this source spoil soil right or, or that's something. right so something it, like that yeah. it's tough to say yeah. um it's like that's taking over and you can't grow on that and essentially you get there and, and you sort of like okay like let me rebuild this one little area and they're like hey why don't you rebuild that and like you're like okay i could do that um and then all of a sudden it's like hey we need the, these materials and you sort of go off on quests and then you come back and you know they do a really good job of okay there are going to be times when it's like hey Here's some freedom to do, like, go talk to your fellow townspeople, and, like, someone will be like, hey, like, I I really would like a room of my own, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have any any space to my own, like, do you think you could build me uh, my own house or my own room and put a bed, uh, a table, and a sign in there that says it's my room? And you're like, okay, like, oh, okay, like, let me build this person a house, and then, of course, you can go as creative as you want. Or you could just literally make a, a a square, you know. That's what I did. I mean, I, I I solved those requests as as quickly and as simply as I could. And yeah, my village probably looks like garbage afterwards. But if everyone, if you're happy enough, or it fulfills the criteria, then you can. That, that's a great thing about this game. You can make. Uh, I think it's furrow field, furrow field, furrow wood. Is it field? For, it might uh, be furrow field. I think it's field because it's like growing crops, right? So I think that would make sense. But uh, at any rate, like you, if you want to make that village that you're kind of repairing and you're helping all these people, if you want to make it immaculate, if you want to make it beautiful, 
uh, like you might do in Minecraft, you can go ahead and do that, but you're not you're not obligated to necessarily, right? You you can just do the bare minimum, uh, fulfill the objective, fulfill their quest, uh, and give them a room, give them a, uh, you know, you think you at that place you build a you build a toilet at some point, you build like an inn maybe for them to stay in, you build all these little buildings, and they don't they don't have to look beautiful. You can just put them together with the material that you have or the material that's nearby, and I think that's one of the great things about Dragos Builders too is that you can play the game how you want to as well. So it has that freedom of Minecraft, but also the ability to do things in, in an easy way or a simple way if you want to, right? If you just want to see the story and just kind of get from A to B, you can you can do that. You're not, not overly restricted. There's a couple of buildings where you have to follow kind of stricter blueprints, but that's not rare. That's not the majority of the game. Those are only kind of... They only come up yeah, kind of at the, the end of each island. Yeah, they're big set pieces that take place like once per island or once per land that you're visiting right it's not a major part of it and what's cool with those blueprints is it literally like slaps it right down there uh when you go within like the boundaries of what that building will be you hit the minus button yeah. and it it literally could show you level by level or you could like oh well what where's this material go within the blueprint and it'll show you right there and what's cool about that is it sort of gives you a glimpse like hey if you want to make more complex building that looks really cool like you could sort of see how we go about making this one and it looks really cool you know and um yeah it, and then if not it at least puts one cool building in your in your town right like if you're just making little blocks on the rest of them you know um, i never i never thought about that that it's kind of training you to build three-dimensional structures if you want to right or like ma major three-dimensional works uh so if you when you get back to uh, uh what's the uh, isle of awakening where that's kind of yep. the main island where you start off as and that's kind of your blank slate right you can do kind of do whatever you want there uh, within reason or i think that's the place where you do the multiplayer and everything as well so the islands that you visit where you're kind of recruiting people to come back with you you also learn a lot there about how to play the game and how to do different activities on your own base island when you get back there mm -hmm. yeah so so for me like i said we won't go too much into spoilers i'm on mm -hmm. the second island um and like i said i don't want to spoil exactly what's going on there but it is drastically different than that first island the objective so it's not like you're like oh well now i'm on a new island and I'm building up a farm again, you know. Uh, they, they sort of shake it up, and I'm really excited. There's four islands outside of the, the hub island, right? Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think... So the problem was the embargo for the review was very strict, and I couldn't talk about after the... Uh, so after the second island, I believe the third one's called, like, Moon, Moon Bright or Moonlight or something like that, and I wasn't allowed to talk about that part and forward. So I basically had to write the review after finishing the island that you're on right now, the second one. So I'm not sure exactly how much is actually left of the game. I, I kind of I, I put in so many hours just trying to finish the review and finish those first two islands off really quickly before uh, before the game launched that I've kind of taken a little bit of a break from it. I'm definitely going to come back, but I'm not sure exactly how much is left after the second island. There could be another one. There could be two more. Uh, you know, it's uh, what I'm a not weird sure. embargo. <laughs> it was. It was really weird. Really, really strict. They didn't want you to talk about. Uh, there's boss fights. Like every island has a boss fight, which is really cool. Um, I wasn't allowed to talk about that in the embargo for whatever reason. Even even at the 
when the review came out, I guess it was like a day before the game launched. And the game, the funny thing is the game's out in Japan, so I, I didn't understand why. Yeah, you can literally YouTube and find out all of this information, I'm sure. Yeah, you can see L- how literally long the game the is. Literally watch the entire thing. <laughs> Straight, yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's playthroughs of the game uh, and the bosses and all that stuff. But um, yeah, they're, uh, one thing I really love about the game is that it it sets up every so that everything you're doing is progress. Everything you're doing fulfills some kind of criteria, right? You're always building up meters or learning new recipes or gaining levels or gaining new followers. Like You're constantly rewarded. I think it just nails that RPG element of feeling like the work you do is meaningful. And that's why I'm so high on this game because everything you do gives you purpose. Everything you do is rewarding. And you, I don't think you get a lot of games like that these days, you know, where sometimes you might have to, you might have to grind and grind and grind to get something positive or some kind of result. And then, you, you know, you don't feel that great about grinding because it took you forever to just get a little bit of a little bit of something, you know. But this game is always giving you a reward, always giving you some measure of accomplishment. And that, yeah, that's just one thing that I really, really love about this game. All right, so I just did a quick Google search, mm-hmm. there you and go. it looks it looks like Moonbrook is the final of the main islands. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you've so got that, the Isle of Awakening, there. which is the one you can really have free reign. Then you've got Ferrofield, Crumbum, Crumbledun, Crumbled. I think you just if you pronounce it quickly without worrying too much about the Crumbledun? pun, you'll get it. Crumbledun, yeah. Crumbledun. Like um, like kind of like crumble down, right? Because it fits with that theme. Yep. And then there's yeah. also Explorer Islands. Um, mm-hmm. Which are sort of like randomly generated, right? Where you can go get like materials and stuff for your main island, I believe. Yeah, I, I'm not sure is. if they're. I'm not sure if 100 if they're randomly generated, but they yeah, are. They're definitely randomly generated. Are they? Oh, that's cool. Okay, so I, I yeah, I didn't even know about that. I, I I've explored one, and you go and you get materials at those islands that you don't have on any of the other islands. So, for example, there's a small one. I think just after you finish Furrowfield. You leave there and you go back to uh, Isle of Awakening, and they say, "Hey, we, we we need a chicken. We need we need some eggs. We gotta mm-hmm. eat." So you go you go to the small explorer island. You you bring back a chicken, and then when you when you bring it back, it starts laying eggs, and everyone gets to eat, and you get new recipes to cook that have then eggs in them and stuff like that. Breakfast right? Breakfast burritos. There's exactly that's <laughs> it, right? It's got to be one of the recipes. Might be DLC though, but yeah. uh, right. Yeah, but uh, no, Casey, I'm so happy to hear that you're really enjoying the game because uh, it, it was. I think we both went into it with the same kind of apprehension. Like, oh, I, I don't know if I like this kind of game. And I, I played the first one on Switch, and I, I probably played about half of it, and I thought it was okay, but I didn't like how every part, every island was disconnected. Like, you finished one... Let's say there's five islands in the game. You finish one... And then you you beat it. You don't really go back. You go to the next island, and then is you kind of start from scratch. And I don't love. I didn't love that idea of kind of starting over again. You know, I've kind of felt defeated by that. But in Builders Two, you are you never start from scratch. Really, I mean, you 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 kind of do, but you get everything back eventually. Like you you kind of remember all the recipes, or you uh, at least when you get back to the main island, uh, Isle of Awakening everything kind of comes with you and that this becomes like this huge playground for you. So yeah. Uh, and you bring people back from those islands, right? You know, as you're going out, you're, you're bringing people back with you. So it feels more connected. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I want to just double back a little bit on what you said about how everything feels really rewarding. And it's so true. It's like you go out and you do one thing, you come back and then it's, you, 
so essentially, as you um, please and do things that you know your other uh, villagers appreciate, they drop little hearts on the, the wherever they are. Um, right. Their gratitude points or whatever. And as you collect gratitude points, you eventually can level up. That brings more people to your your town, and it gives you more capabilities as a builder. So you know you unlock new patterns and stuff, and uh, it's just super rewarding. Like everything everything you do, like you said, it, it. Oh, I've made a room that made someone really happy. They came over here and they, they all come and they showered you with gratitude, and everyone's so happy. And then they go back to doing what they were doing, and then all of a sudden you you put certain pieces of furniture in that room, and now all of a sudden it's a different room. So yeah. uh, what's really cool is. For instance, like you said, with like the inn, uh, I had someone's like, "I want, we want to make a dormitory. It's got to be a really small room with eight beds, right? <laughs> and yeah, like remember, three yeah. pots and a sign." And uh, I did that, and it was just like a regular. I was like, "What's going on here?" And I realized it was too big, so I had to make it smaller. Which is same. Weird. The exact same thing happened to me with that. I'm like, "Why? Why isn't this? Why aren't they happy with this? Why are? Why am I not checked off we, the box? We're not yet? on top of each other. Dang it! Yeah. Um, yeah. But like. So there, there was one uh, in the first area. You build a kitchen, and then it's like, well, put in, like, some of these rustic items, and then it became, like, a, a rustic kitchen. So in my new village, I was like, okay, I'm going to – I want to make, like, a like a restaurant almost. And I was like, mm-hmm. let me see how I could do this. So, you know, I put a bunch of fireplaces in there or campfires so the yep. food could be prepped. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get, like, three chairs, three seats, and, like – uh, plates for each table and I put that in there and all of a sudden it became a, a, a diner a kitchen diner and you know everyone was super happy and they go in there and they could prep the food and then eat at the table and you know the game didn't tell me about that you know mm. like they they'd hinted like oh you could put certain things in different rooms and it'll change what it is exactly and then they sort of let you you know explore with that and you can go to, like, the Builderopedia, I, I think it's called. I, something I, like that, yeah. Something yeah. along those lines. And you can see, like, rooms, and there are just an absolute ton of them. Uh, like, a stupid amount. Um, so there, there's definitely a lot to, to play around with and explore. And oh, it's just so good. And it, it's funny, I was, uh, I was watching uh, Bobby, the, the Nintendo guru, was doing a little streaming of Builders. And, like, I looked at his. He was on the first island there, um... Uh, Ferro Ferro Field, yeah. And what keep wanting to call Ferrowood, um. And <laughs> I'm like, oh man, he really like, he adjusted the landscapes of his town. So in the first area, there's like a tree in the middle, um, that you're trying to grow, and there was like a moat around it, and like he filled that in, and he in, like the first island, I was very like, well, I'm just going to build buildings within the confines of what is presented, mm-hmm. you know. So where there were like hills and and where there were stairs and whatnot, like I just sort of worked with that. Where in the second one, I'm I'm sort of like, okay, I'm going to like plan this out and make it a little more aesthetically pleasing. And like you said, generally Minecrafty games, right? I'm like, ah, like whatever, let me just build this and get out of the way. Where here, I'm actually sort of falling into that. Well, like I want to make this look cool. Like I, I, I'm not saying I'm making you know crazy awesome buildings. That is certainly not the case, but. You know, like, I, I'm trying to put a little, like, oh, I'm using different materials on the corner of the house, so it looks a little different, you know, so it's not just all one straight set of, uh, you know, blocks, and, and just to give it a little, you know, flair here and there, and it's just, usually that is not something I, I fall into, but the way it's presented in Builders too, it just, it 
gives you that freedom. You can spend as much time in there or, like you said, as little time doing those side things. And then you get back to the missions. And uh, it's just seriously like I, I need to look back at at the games this year because it's been a weird year. So it's like the, the, the front half I need to look back. Like I know Resident Evil 2 remakes up there for me uh, as far as top games of the year. But like I, I seriously cannot believe how much fun and how how much I'm loving Dragon Quest Builders 2. It is really just like, wow. It's very rare that a game comes out in Japan, maybe, you know, six months, a year ago, whatever it is, and then it comes to it comes to the West, and I pick it up, and I'm like, wow, like, I'm so shocked how, how much I like this or how good it is. Like, generally, like, I would be aware of the game. I would, like, kind of check it out and be like, oh, I'm really looking. I would This, this should have been a game I was looking forward to a lot. But again, I guess because I was just soured, uh, soured a little bit by the first one that I kind of, I just kind of ignored, you know, any of the reception or any of the reviews or people talking about the the Japanese version. And so when it came here, I was just so surprised by the the quality of life features that are in this game that they've really, really taken the things that worked in the first one and made them better, and the things that didn't work, they just took them out entirely. And they made a, what what maybe on the surface looks like a very similar game, but plays so much better. I think the yeah. gameplay is worlds better here. Didn't you have to switch between your sword and your uh, the hammer for building, like with the and like actual like they were tied to the same button? So yeah, when you were out yeah. battling, like you had to do a switch. Which you know when you're out building or collecting materials, like you can run into enemies pretty quickly. So I could mm-hmm. see having to like switch out that would be such a pain in the neck but now they're, yeah. they're separate buttons which i'm not you know, a, i'm nice not 100 percent sure if that's one of the things i mean it might have been there was there's a bunch of i think i remember dumb quality of life stuff yeah one one was you remember uh well you know you're playing uh, builders 2 and there's the the orbs that kind of function as waypoints mm-hmm. or fast yep. fast travel points and you just activate it and then you go to it so the navi globe what what builders one had was these orbs that you pick up and you just you you pick them up and you walk them somewhere, and I think they serve as like a like a beacon or uh, maybe they're meant to be like markers so that you they kind of mark your place or something like that. Oh, uh, so you can... I don't I don't even know if you can fast travel to them though. I don't they, think they, you can. I think no, that was I don't a newly so added feature as well. Um, yeah, you you actually had to craft um, like these feathers that you would use. I think they're feathers from like the Dragon Quest series. I don't remember what they're called exactly, but they're feathers that let you teleport back to like a town. You have to you had to craft them in the first game, oh, and so man. that that was really annoying because you would always run out of them, and you'd have to go and like find this one specific enemy, these Griffin type enemies, kill them, get their feathers, take the feathers home, craft like a big feather to teleport you places. And it's just such so cumbersome to do all that stuff. But th- this game is everything is expedited so that you get right from the fun parts to the next fun part, right? Like you don't have to do a lot of time crafting kind of stupid stuff just to play the game. Anything you craft is basically f- to fulfill a requirement, almost. You know. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I. I mean, we could probably keep going on and on about this mm-hmm, game because mm-hmm. it, it really is great. I'll just touch on something real quick before we move on. There is yep. combat. Um, it is pretty simple. You know, it's you're like hit A, 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 and you can hold A down to do an attack. Um, you might be able to get more abilities as you move on, but th- that's what I've got open to me at the moment. Um, and, you know, you upgrade your sword um, sort of as you keep, like new materials come in like oh hey now you can craft this new sword i just got like a, i can make chain mail i believe mm, now yeah um yep. 
yeah, the the combat and, and um, you know, dealing with enemies is sort of like a side, you know, like it's there. It's not sort of the focal point. Uh, like you said, at the end, I mean, I haven't, like you said, I'm still working through Island 2, but there was a boss at the end of the first area, and it's like, it was it was fun, like I liked it, but it wasn't like hard, you know what I mean? It wasn't something that like you're gonna find yourself dying to over and over again. But uh, you know, there are food items you can cook, like um <laughs> it's so sad. In the second area there's like these little rabbit creatures and like you just beat them down and they die and they make like the worst like oh! it yeah, makes you feel horrible. <laughs> um but they pop out meat which you can cook up and then uh then you can in- increase your attack power. Um and you do need to eat food uh, to keep your your person hungry, or not hungry, um, full, if you will. Uh, if they, they need stamina to actually do stuff. But That's there's right. so much food that, that, I mean, there are times when I'm like, oh, Casey's absolutely starving. I'm like, oh, crap. All right, let me just, you know, hammer uh, X a few times, eat these, and I'm back on my way. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to try some online play at some point just to see how it is. And, uh and all that jazz. But yeah, you guys, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Ooh-wee! And I'm pretty sure there is a demo. So it's there like... There is a free... Yeah, there's a demo. Yeah. I think your progress carries over too. So there's no Boom. there's no excuse. Just try the demo. If you don't like it, then you know maybe check out a couple of reviews and just see if that'll change your mind. But it, it's a fantastic game. And um, I think it, people that think it's not a game for them, you're, you're, you're listening to two people right now on this podcast that might have said this game is not for them. And we both love it, so... Yeah, like you said, it does a really nice job of mixing and, and holding your hand, quote-unquote, holding your hand uh, long enough, you know what I mean, to mm-hmm. keep you going in the right way, but giving you enough of that freedom. I I, I know I keep saying, as we go. Uh, last <laughs> thing, load times. Um, now, luckily, I, I feel like the game loads up the entire island and then just lets you do whatever you got to do, you know? Because like, the That's fast right, traveling yeah. isn't too bad, but yeah, when you fire this game up, it, you you're gonna wait like a minute yeah i, like I wonder it, if it i wonder if it fronts lo- it front loads all the loading times at the beginning just to create all the islands and so that when you get there there's no loading it's a little bit smoother i'm uh, that, thinking it's kind of a nice thing right yeah that that must be I, I almost wish it was like hey we're loading the entire island just <laughs> wait a second because they are staggeringly long in the beginning um but mm-hmm. there is like online photo sharing that pops up during those times sometimes to like that's right to look uh, and see what other people are doing so yeah they, they did kind of cut they did kind of cover up the loading a little bit with that which is nice um what i want to do case is when you finish the second island let me know uh then i'll hop back in and we can tackle that third island not not necessarily co-op but we'll, we'll play it at the same we'll time we'll be able to so discuss we, it yeah yeah i think that'd be fun so yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that cool well if if <laughs> If my next couple play sessions go anything like last night where I was jumping in for, you know, 20 minutes to half hour and two and two hours plus later, uh, it shouldn't probably be. Dude, I seriously Saturday, I I, I must have played like a good six, seven hours. It was crazy. Yeah, Yeah, that it's again, I think it's always the mark of a good game is when you think you've played or you plan to play for an hour or something and multiple hours fly by, you know, that that's, that only happens with really special games, I think. Right. So Mm. who knew, who knew, Mm -hmm. but speaking of really special games, you've been playing another, another doozy. 
Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, trying to juggle these back and forth a little bit. Uh, I've, I've really been uh, trying to get this get this down, get this finished. So uh, uh, up on our YouTube channel, uh, NWR TV, I've been putting up uh, in blocks of 10 the Mario Maker 2 story mode. Uh, so I've uh, just got the last batch of uh, st stages done here. So you'll find uh, th the stages go up to 90 and then there's a bunch of extra ones. So I'm going to have uh, up to 90, up, up to 90 will be posted on YouTube as of tomorrow afternoon. So you'll be able to find uh, the first 90 stages all ready to go. If you want to have a look at those or you jump around, I've got timestamps for all of them. But yeah, I've been playing through the story mode and you know what? It, it's... <sighs> It's hard to not love a Mario game, right? Like these are these are stages that are made by Nintendo and they're really fun and there's a couple that are short, there's a couple that are really long, some are really challenging, some are really easy. You kind of it kind of runs the gamut this story mode. But what I've what I've realized and I know other people have been saying this on social media is the story mode is basically of uh, a, a really really long tutorial for how to create levels it's meant to inspire you i think it's fun but it's not it's not as good as something like mario brothers 3 or super mario world right like those those mm -hmm. kind of fully crafted games with like longer stages and themes and everything like those are different you know, areas all, yeah they're they're all time games you know like we're, we're never going to forget those the this Mario Maker 2 story mode levels, you are you're probably gonna forget those because they're meant to teach you how to make your own stages. You're supposed to take what you play and experiment with it, right? Like maybe take one of the story mode stages and say, hey, what if I did this? What if I changed the water to lava here? Or what if I made this a winter theme instead of a desert theme or something, right? Like you're you're meant to be creatively inspired by playing the story mode so in that way i think it's a huge success i think it gives you a ton of ideas about how you can create what you can do all the new mechanics that have been introduced uh in this sequel right like there's so much different compared to the first game and the first game you know it had maybe a i want to say like under 50 story mode or or kind of nintendo created levels casey do you remember I don't remember offhand, but yeah, it definitely felt more like, uh, oh crap, we should probably put some homemade levels on, like our own levels, you know what I mean, to to give people something to play, like right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I think Where they I feel were like there. You just unlocked stuff. I think you played them and unlocked pieces or something like that, right? Or maybe you unlock stuff by creating. I don't quite remember the first game as much, but um, yeah, the second game is definitely it's a it's a showcase of. Uh, the story mode, anyways, is a showcase of all the new things you can do. And I imagine that almost every new mechanic is shown off across the 90-plus stages. Um, what happens is, while you're playing the... You kind of you, can, you don't have to play them in blocks of 10. There's also... Uh, you're taking on jobs, which give you coins, and you spend the coins to build rebuild Peach's Castle. And while you're doing that, you also get kind of side missions that are thrown in. Like, maybe the... the toad chief who is helping you build rebuild the castle goes missing and you have to go and rescue her or something like that or you talk to uh like a dog or a frog or a bird just these funny creatures yeah, that are kind of scattered around right yeah the eraser you talk Dude, to him and he, 
he gives you levels. He, he they, they kind of give you levels to beat, and then it opens up like a new segment where you can find a, a few other side missions. Some of those are actually, I think, the best levels in the game. Oh so yeah, the, I feel like those were. Right? Yeah, I feel like the the main like where you get those jobs from the main main toad. Like you said, felt very much like okay, this is like yeah, sort of showing you the way, right? Like here mm-hmm. here are some clever ideas where I feel like the the side characters were more like, hey, like here's this idea, and we're gonna really sort of ramp it up a little bit and like you said you start to see a little bit more complex and and more difficult levels which just end up being more fun yeah i thought they i thought they were more fun too i think they're definitely more challenging some of them um there's ones that are given to you by the dog undo dog i think is his name um its name and the stages that it gives you are super super tough like i think there's three of them and they get progressively harder and man those are brutal um, but you don't find that same kind of difficulty kind of generally in these, uh, the normal, the 90 uh, story mode stages, the numbered ones. Um, so it was fun to kind of explore the, the area. There's not a lot of exploring. You're just kind of walking around. But you complete the jobs. You open up a few new areas. And then you find these uh, maybe, yeah, more more fun, more memorable um, just stages that seem to stand out. They seem to be more creative on Nintendo's part. They're not exclusively meant to showcase something they're meant to be just really fun, new, unique Nintendo-produced stages. So uh, that's definitely something people want to do. You know, after you've beaten uh, the story mode proper, you know, make sure you explore around. There are there are some stages that you you complete just by talking to some of the characters there that I think are definitely worth playing. And I'm gonna try to get those up by the end of the month. I'll play through all those. I'll throw them up on YouTube. So uh, if you miss one or you're not sure how to get through one, uh, you can always check that out. Um, there was one thing I wanted to uh, note, uh, note about uh, playing through the stages. If you die on a stage three times, Luigi pops up and he says, oh. "Hey, do you do you need help? Like, are you are you a loser? Like, if we go, screw what's, you, Luigi. What's what's wrong with you? Like, why why can't you beat the stage? Uh, he's obviously not as much of a jerk, but uh, he pops up and that smile. Yeah, he's you know he, he's he's ready to give you a hard time, but he actually he can let you alter the stage he can let you add an item like add a superstar or add a mushroom or a fire flower so you can kind of if there's a hard part you can't beat you can you can uh bring up the i guess the the menu to add items to the stages and you you can add some limited use items um what i also realized is he can beat the stage for you (laughs) you can just say luigi i want you to do it and then he'll run through the stage it won't show you him beating it which i think is a a miss i think nintendo should have shown uh like had luigi just play the stage for you i think that would have been cool yeah at least then you could sort of like if you're having trouble with one area you know what i mean yeah you'd be able to sort of oh well i didn't think of that you know like now i can sort of go back with more knowledge they can show you how to do it or if there's some of the stages are kind of like puzzle based where you have to find keys like those aren't easy, like figuring out, you know, where you have to kick a shell or what kind of uh, mechanics you have to use with some of the new items. Like, it's hard to figure that stuff out. So it would be cool if Luigi actually uh, literally ran through the stage with you and just showed you how how he would do it. But instead, it just kind of cuts to a black screen and then it says stage cleared and then you, <laughs> you can move on. So that, that, I thought that was kind of lame, kind of a You a get misfire, all the coins too, you know? right? I think you do. I only ever used it to... Um, you mean you uh, used it? No. Yeah, I know, I know. I, this I used guy it on, stinks. I used it on some of those tough stages because I wanted to figure out how many more there were going to be, and it looks like there's about fifteen to twenty stages that aren't numbered. So there's actually quite a few. 
Uh, and so I used, yeah, I used it there to see how many stages they were going to give me. The nice thing is, once you activate a stage, it goes to a, a big list, like your job list that Toad has. So once you've talked to one of the side characters around the map, uh, and you said, hey, like uh, I've got a new job for you, Toad will kind of record that there's a job, and so they all get listed there, which I think is kind of nice. So you can kind of just run around, talk to all the characters. You don't have to beat the stages right away, but Toad will have a big list for you, and you can always go visit him and then play uh, play all the hidden stages that you found. So that's kind of a nice thing that happens there. Well, if you feel up to it, um, I'm looking here. Story mode, all jobs. So uh, mm. the, the world record speed run, three hours, 56 minutes. Oh man, that, fifty-three uh, seconds are yeah, all that, jobs. That's, that's something. That's something. I'd have to look at my uh, the, the amount of footage I have on on YouTube for my playthroughs. Although I did fudge it a bit because I, I tried to cut out deaths because I you know obviously wanted to make the videos a little bit shorter. So uh, th- yeah, four hours. That sounds like a pretty good run. I think it's. I think that it normally takes about eight to ten hours, maybe a little bit mm-hmm. more depending. Yeah, but a- uh, any percent, uh, one hour, forty-eight minutes and forty seconds. Oh man, that's crazy. But any, I guess that any percent would be like. To rebuild Peach's castle? Yeah, that, I'm that's thinking, how they would use that. That's what I would think. Yeah, to, to roll the credits, mm-hmm. probably like yeah, just you know, and okay. I, I assume they probably did some crazy routing to be like, well, this level is shorter and it nets you more coins, so you do yeah. this and that, and um, good old speedrun. I've heard about that actually. I heard about that. There's some stages you just replay them because they're yeah, they're really short and Coin you get a lot hogs. of points from them. So yeah, they're they're the ones to do if you want to rebuild the castle faster. But you don't really get anything for rebuilding the castle to my knowledge like you you get the credits baby (laughs) you get the credits yeah that's pretty much it it doesn't really i think it might unlock like a costume or something um that's one of the cool things about doing the side uh side stages or the extra stages is that they all seem to come with some kind of like a hat or like a a shirt or an outfit you can wear and i guess you can throw those on in multiplayer to uh change your profile and uh, your your profile yeah when you make level like your maker um, yeah, the could, maker. That's right. You yeah. could dress them up so when people look at your your levels, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's right. See your that, little guy. That's the one. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, the the like I said, the first ninety stages are on our YouTube as of tomorrow. So uh, please check those out if there's a couple of stages you want to look at, or you know, just wanted to get inspired by some of the levels. You can kind of pause and see uh, the different elements that I ran through. Um, I wasn't trying to do everything. I was kind of just trying to get from A to B, you know, finish each stage. So uh, I, I still hope to add the, you know, again, extra 15 or 20 num- non-numbered stages. I will throw those up at some point, uh, hopefully by the end of the month. But uh, yeah, I, I almost need to take a break from the story mode because the doing all the recording and playing through the stages like the last week or last couple of weeks has been a little bit draining. So I need yeah, some, you sure. know, case, I honestly, I need some smaller games because like Dragon Quest Builders 2 and then Mario Maker 2, like it's been a, they're, they're kind of they're big you know there there's a lot to them so uh i need to, need some smaller stuff to get a tide me over for a bit well speaking of smaller stuff yes and, yes, and if you perfect. like spending money <laughs> yeah, i i do not so if i go on we've got dr mario world For the not Nintendo anything, for the old right. iPhone. Mm-hmm. iPhone, iPhone. I, 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 you, you're playing on an iPhone case. I'm playing on an Android. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I still have an iPhone. 
Do you? Yeah. Are you, are you hoping to upgrade? Are you trying to get a new phone? Uh, well, I've got the 6S Plus, so it is old. Okay. Um, yeah. But it is still moving and working. So I, I, okay. right, right now I'm holding off until it just kicks the bucket. Um, yeah. Like, because I, I have it paid off, right? Like, I don't have to pay any oh, monthly fee right, on yeah. it. So, gotcha. so that's nice. But when I do need to get a new one, I believe I'm going to go for a Pixel. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, um, we, we're going to have a review of this game on the site soon. Uh, Matt Z did a review for us, and I think he was also playing. He was playing on a Pixel 1 XL. So, obviously, I imagine you're going to get a newer one than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, I hope I don't need to get one for quite some time because. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, phones are so stupid, right? <laughs> Here we go. It's because, yep. not even like game-wise, really. It's just like like the appeal of having a new phone like wears off after like a day. You know what I mean? Like that's why I don't know. I know people are super into their phones, and and it's like I'm on my phone all the time. So I'm not saying like the 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 device itself stupid, but I don't know. To me, I I don't get too excited over new phones because like. Like I said, it's like, oh, after a day or two, I'm like, oh, well, it's just my phone, you know? Like, I mm-hmm. I can go on Reddit, and I can take pictures, like, whether it's a really nice phone or a crappy iPhone 6S Plus. But mm. I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll take, <laughs> us through, take us through Dr. Mario World here, because I know, uh, I think a lot of us on the site have been playing it, but I haven't heard how you've been feeling about it. Well, to be honest with you, I haven't played a whole ton of it. Uh, I've gotten okay. through, like, the, the first 20 levels where you're... Like, there's no limit to how many times you could try them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess the tutorial area, if you will. And then mm-hmm. it opens up uh, to more puzzles, and then I, I started going through those. And then that's where they're definitely, I don't want to say, like, right off the bat, you know, I, I'm not deep, like I said. But they're, they're more challenging than the easier levels. But they're not, you know, still not too hard. But now they require hearts to use. Um, that's right. And I believe these hearts, uh, I think you get a heart every half hour. Or something. 30 minutes, yeah, that's right. That's Along right. those lines. But you can only have five at a time, which uh, is... No, th- you know what? That's not you. So the 30-minute timer will only go up to five. But you can have more than five um, if you earn them through, like, an in-game reward. So if you open up, like, a treasure box and it gives you hearts, you can go higher than five. Like, I've had eight at one point. Okay. All right. That's cool. So it'll, it'll never, it, after you get to five, it'll stop giving you ones every 30 minutes. But you can, there are ways to get more than that uh, th- in the game. Not I, not that, you know, you can get that many more, but it's possible. I wonder if it, like, if you get, if you find five in a chest, let's say, and mm-hmm. you've got two from the half hour recurring, I want, yep. so now you got a total of seven. I wonder yeah. if it stops ticking that half hour mark like no well you're over five i or, think it does i think it does oh, I, I i'm not a, I'm, yeah they they you know they, they got you again right like i i think that's the case i'm not 100 sure but i i think i've only seen it count uh i've only seen the timer count down when it's under five so mm. yeah dirty dirty yeah so essentially you're going through these puzzles and, and the game itself is cool right it's it's um sort of like a reverse tetris as it, you know, instead of coming down the screen, it, you're working up the screen, and mm-hmm. you need to eliminate all the viruses by getting three in a row of the same color. Um, you know, sort of obviously like Doctor Mario, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean they they're cool. Like oh, there's some shells out there. There's bombs. So like if you get a line in a row with the shells, then the shell shoots across the screen, taking out whatever's in its way. Uh, you know, bombs blow up in the the area and take out different uh, different viruses and blocks. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's 
intuitive, right? It's a match three game on a phone, so it's like you just you know move your uh, your viruses and your blocks with uh, with your hand, and it's super easy. And um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like like I said, I've just periodically picked it up, played a little bit here and there, and then done like, all right, well that's that. Um, I mean, I guess. It, uh, the, it's sort of egregious the pricing a little bit, right? So uh, you could buy five hearts for ten uh, diamonds, and then you can get sixty minutes of infinite play for thirty diamonds. Now you can buy diamonds, uh, twenty diamonds for a dollar ninety nine, um, fifty three diamonds, which is fifty plus a three bonus for four ninety nine. So if you wanted sixty minutes of infinite play, you'd have to buy five dollars worth. Yeah, and then that would give you one hour of play, unlimited. Which I mean, I guess if you're really into the game and you're like, "Well, I got an hour to do nothing," you know, like five bucks might not be that crazy to you, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I used to compare like the like I'd like especially like I think back to the e uh, the 3ds eShop where like Mm -hmm. some of the smaller games like four or five, six, seven bucks, right? And I'd be like, "Well, if I were to go out to the bar tonight." I would spend $5 on a single drink, you know what I mean? And That's then I'd right. probably end up buying, like, eight of those or something stupid, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, yeah. like, yeah, when I, on Long Island, dude, if you'd go out, it, yeah. $60 minimum is what you were spending. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it, and if you were lucky, you you came home with, six, you know, only spending 60 Then Then you get drunk, and all of a sudden you're buying people drinks from high school you haven't seen in years, and mm-hmm. you're hundreds of dollars out of the pocket. But... Yeah, I mean so, Vancouver. Vancouver's the same way, right? It's a pretty expensive city, and if you go out, it's going to be pretty expensive. And you know, I've, I've tried. You know, uh, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, and I, you know, I don't really <laughs> go out that much anymore. Like go out drinking too much, and yeah, you know, I mean that's one reason that it's just it's too expensive to do that. It's a lot cheaper to drink at home, you know. Oh yeah, it's so funny having you know turned 21 in college. Uh, yeah. So it it was like oh the bars you go out and it's amazing. I. I buy one pitcher for $8 yeah. and, and like, you know, you buy two of those for you and like a friend and you're good to go for the night, you know? Sure. A- and then yeah. like, I remember like a Tuesday night, you know, during summer, it was like early summer. Like me and my buddy went to like the local bar mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, a couple of Coors lights. And it's like, all right, that'll be 10 bucks. I was yeah. like, Oh God. I was like uh, 10 bucks. would Like I'd go out with $10 in my pocket in, in college and you know That's what I mean? Right. That's you, right. you were good to go. But, but yeah, so anyway jumping off the rails again well i'll i'll, I'll bring us back here because i've played a lot of dr mario world i've played like i played almost every day probably every day since it came out um i'm up to about stage 90 or so um and i also have a, and i'm gonna brag about this for all the nwr uh, uh staff <laughs> that are listening i'm also the number one ranked of all of us in the versus mode and my score is Ooh. above a thousand so you you started about i think you start at score 400 or something like that and if you win it goes up 30 if you lose it goes down like 20 or something like that so uh yeah you know uh, we got so a celeb ca- on on the cast I'm, tonight that's right i'm calling out neil and i'm calling out justin specifically because i think they're second and third place behind me but uh they're way behind me now so yeah pick up your game there uh but at any rate uh there's a, cool, a couple of cool things i wouldn't wanted to point out about the game that i do like um every time you complete a stage after the first 20 so after the first 20 it's on it was unlimited and then it starts costing you a heart per level hearts are basically your stamina every time you complete a level for the first time you get a heart so you can actually play a lot of stages, and if you're good at it and you're, you're, you're completing the stages, you're figuring out the game, you can go through, you know, 20, 30 in a row without 
having to worry about the stamina falling or, or running out of time or having to buy more hearts because you're getting a new heart every time you beat a stage. So you just so, get, that's, so you're saying get good? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. As someone who hasn't played a ton of Dr. Mario, I don't find the game that challenging. I think it's really fun. And I think that there's a, a few quirks that you need to figure out. Like once you, uh, let's say you've got a, a block that's two yellow pills and you put it in the middle of two yellow viruses. If you put it so that it's horizontal, one the, you'll have the, the, all the Mario uh, Dr. Mario pills are split into two pieces, right? So if you put it in the middle of a, a to create a three chain, you'll have a one you'll have one piece of, of of pill left over, and you can actually move that anywhere on the screen. You can kind of just put your finger on it, and as long as you're still going up, you can go left or right. You can put it behind uh, behind barriers, behind blocks, wherever there's an opening. You can move those pills around. So there's a strategy to saving your extra pieces of pills and just manipulating them around the screen. And once you figure that out and get good at it, you can get pretty far in the game without needing to retry stages or without failing a stage. You know, um, I meant to ask you. Casey, who did you start with? Who was your doctor? Uh, I grabbed Bowser. Okay, so I, I I grabbed Peach, and Bowser's one I unlocked. One thing I don't love is that the unlocking of characters is really slow. It costs 4,000 coins, and I've only unlocked two characters, and you can unlock assistants uh, that give you... Maybe they give you more points, or they help you in the versus mode. You can unlock assistants like uh, Goomba, or Koopa Troopa, or um, uh, Boom Boom. Uh, you know, uh, maybe Lakitu is one of them. But there's different little uh, you know, Mario villains or enemies that you can unlock as assistants, and they kind of help you out along the way. But every time you spend 4,000 coins, you're going to unlock either a new doctor or an assistant. Or you might find a duplicate. And if you find a duplicate, it actually powers up one you already have. So I Ooh. found Pete. I, I started with Peach, but I found her again when I when I bought a new character with the coins, uh, the in-game coins. And I got Peach again, and so I powered her up to level 2. So now what she does, in when I play versus mode with her... Her, her special power, you build up like a power meter and then you can you can activate it uh, about halfway through the, or, you know, depending on how many viruses or blocks you put together. Uh, her power initially was to eliminate one full column of viruses and pills and blocks. Now that I've powered her up, she eliminates two columns of blocks in versus mode. Oh, man. So she's, I think that's one of the reasons why I've been able to do so well in versus is when I get her power, I'm jamming that button because it's really strong to just, you know, whatever pill, whatever the layout is, if I've screwed something up, it helps me get rid of some of those uh, garbage blocks or garbage pills or, uh, sorry, viruses that are maybe in a bad spot for me. So uh, there's a, kind of a neat... The gotcha mechanic is annoying, but it rewards you in a cool way for getting duplicates. My biggest concern is that it takes you forever to get 4,000 coins. Or if you want to buy a new character, it's 40 diamonds. And I think you were saying that's about the equivalent of like four or five bucks. Is that right? Uh, you, yeah. You said, you, said, you said 53 for five bucks, I think, right? Yeah, 499 for 50. And then they give you like a, a little three bonus for, for your troubles. So if you want to buy a character, that's already 40 of your diamonds right there. So it's almost like four bucks equivalent Dang, just to yeah. unlock a new character. So uh, I find that you know, if you were the kind of person who wants to play and unlock all the characters, 
I, I don't know how the heck you're going to do that, just playing the game for free. Uh, but if you're someone who just enjoys the puzzles, and I think they get really intricate and difficult later on. Uh, like there's, there's one I'm, I'm really stuck on right now. I think I have to play like perfectly to get it. Um, I might need to even level up my character like, or maybe get some new assistance or something to figure it out. But um, yeah, it, get, it gets really challenging. You know, after, say, maybe stage 40 or 50, some of the stages get challenging and uh yeah i'm i'm into the puzzles you know i'm I'm not i don't plan on paying any money for this game i think you can get a lot out of it even without spending any money so yeah for for those that uh, are into the puzzle genre you know the the match three kind of thing uh and like nintendo stuff i think this is definitely worth a look yeah it's doubling back uh to when you said that once you sort of clear a spot and then you have like mm-hmm. the wayward half of the pill sort of falling fa- yeah, free yeah. falling it's so funny they don't mention that or no, if they, they don't. did, yeah, I was gonna say if they I, did. Oh, I, I think I think it. it's in one tutorial, but it might be later on. Like okay. it, it might not be in the first twenty stages. Because yeah, it, that was one where I was like, okay, all right, if I do that this way, then that's gonna fall down to there, and eh, that might yeah. cause some issues, but whatever. And then yeah, it was only by accident I realized like, wait a second, you can you can slide those loose loose son of a guns around which uh mm-hmm. which definitely helps quite a bit um oh you you need that especially in verses like if you want to and i will say i think the versus mode is actually really good because it takes like only a few seconds to get into a game i've never had to wait that long uh i have had a the few online connect- works i know i know believe yeah believe it or not you, you know why it's working because it's not nintendo switch yeah, online that's yeah. why <laughs> it's it's using your mobile network or whatever but uh yeah the online is pretty fun uh i think the competition is pretty good i think it matches you up it always matches you up with someone that's about the same skill level or about the same kind of rating or ranking as you are and yeah they i've only had a couple of disconnection issues but overall it's been pretty solid doesn't take very long to get into a match there doesn't seem to be much much lag or anything like that it seems to work pretty smoothly so i think there's a lot i think there's a surprising amount of fun gameplay here for you know you know i i have I've kind of bounced off all of the nintendo produced or nintendo uh uh licensed uh, mobile games uh mario run i didn't like uh fire Emblem i played a bit until i kind of hit a wall and then i stopped and dragalia lost i didn't really care for but this one i'm really enjoying it's probably it's definitely my my favorite so far and i think i think people might be surprised by it i I think it has the most broad appeal as well right because yeah that's a good call like like, you know my mom could jump in and play this game and sort of probably be like oh okay like like i think people just like match three games you know what i mean so put like a hey a mario character with some clever puzzles and wham bam you know and then I'm sure they're going to add more content, you know, add more characters, maybe tweak the, uh, the the options for buying things. But if they keep adding story mode stages, like, I, I'm going to keep playing them. Like, I don't know how many there are right now. Like I said, I'm around, like, stage 90. And if it goes up to, like, 100, okay. And if they, if they release, like, a, a DLC pack for, like, 5 bucks to get another 100 stages, I would buy that. Like, I, I think the stages are pretty compelling. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun little game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I know it jumped right up to the top of like the most downloaded which obviously mm-hmm. is sort of to be expected right but nintendo releases i mean a game. It's, yeah you and they i think that we we knew about this one for a little while like there's a couple months where they after they announced it and then uh you know they did the thing where you can all register and sign up for it they were doing those cute little virus videos on social media too <laughs> i don't know if you saw those but like yeah yeah i think the marketing was kind of cute and charming and then it just it just kind of dropped i think it hilarious i think it dropped a little bit early right i think it was supposed to yeah, come out day. on the 11th yeah I think but it came, they were like, screw it, the 10th. Yeah. Although maybe it was like the 11th in Japan, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah that could have been. Probably what it was, but... Uh, sure. But yeah, no, like I said, it's 
it definitely has some fun there. And mm -hmm. if you're not too invested, then you know what I mean. And you you waste your five hearts that you get, and you wait, um, you know, however long, and you check back in. You know, you mm -hmm. can definitely do some damage without spending any money. So. Yeah, it's almost good to take a break, and I'll tell you why. This game uses batteries like crazy. Mm. I don't know if it. I don't know if, that, if that's been the same with your phone, but I know Matt uh, on Matt's Pixel and my. I've got a BlackBerry Key too, which is yeah, it's a couple of years a old. BlackBerry. I, I know. I haven't heard here. that. <laughs> yeah, here we go. This this is going to be uh, lactose intolerance part two. You know, uh, where every time I. I although I, you I, bring I, the BlackBerry upon yourself, you had no choice I, over the. Uh, I, I I did. You're right. I, I chose to get it. And I'll tell you why. Like I I cannot for the life of me type on a touchscreen phone. Like I mm, okay. I had I you know, I had a Samsung S6. I had a Samsung uh s4 i think before that and i yeah for whatever reason i just can't get good at it i'm still you know fat fingering the buttons and always you know typing out errors and stuff like that and i realized like hey 80 percent of what i'm doing on my phone is typing like if it's it's slack or if i'm you know sending an email or texting or whatsapp why am i why am i using like this fancy 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 phone uh with a huge screen a huge nice screen and camera when i'm not even really using those features very much so yeah i, I said i went back to the blackberry and I'll, I'll tell you what i'm actually really happy with it so i think I, i'm just a stickler for that keyboard oh uh, remember the good old t9 t9 i don't i don't even know if i had uh one of those i'm trying to think what my my first phone was like a nokia it was super tiny i had a flip phone a motorola flip phone after that um but i had, yeah, well, I had that's a bunch just of blackberries the keys, too right that t9 yeah. is just oh that like i mean you shouldn't be texting and driving ever right but uh no. but t9 it's like pfft, you can keep your eyes right on the road you could write out a novel if you wanted to you know uh, yeah, I remember being really good at that. But then imagine the step up when you go from that to a BlackBerry with a full keyboard. It was like, hallelujah. But then I, you had to look. Know, like, th that was I, the, the, the best part I, about T9. It was like, you knew where those 12 buttons were, you know? Casey, that's the thing. I don't I don't look anymore. Like, I, I, I've had, <laughs> this is probably like my fourth BlackBerry. After like my second one, I need I didn't need to look anymore. Single-handedly like, keeping them in business. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, I had to support the Canadian company for we a while. We got another order, got... boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to dust off all the machines. They're like, you Jordan's know. ready for an upgrade, huh? <laughs> we got, got we got. It's gonna take us a week to boot up the factory here. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I've been happy with it, and I know that uh, there's not a lot of people that have them anymore or anything like that. And uh, but you know, it, it actually runs. The game runs pretty well on my BlackBerry, aside from just the battery i was gonna say the battery drain is pretty heavy on uh on my phone and matt's phone as well uh same thing on your iphone um yeah i mean my my battery is pretty crappy as it is okay, um, okay so i mean it definitely definitely goes down you know but it's also mm -hmm. could just be that I, I definitely have an old phone so sure sure but i you know it doesn't surprise i think i heard someone else say that as well so it's probably a pretty common thing because it's probably well nintendo's got eight different things going on in the background and and also yeah just... ho hopefully they'll optimize that or figure out release some patch to make it better but that's that's my biggest complaint right now is just that it, uh if you play for like you know 30 minutes to an hour that's going to be a, a big hit on your battery so just something to be be aware of yeah not only do you lose all your hearts you lose all the battery that's right well, that was a, a nice, healthy. I, I was, I was like, I wonder how long we'll go with this. Uh, what we've been playing, because I figured, <laughs> I figured Dragon Quest might eat up a bunch of time, but we got healthy, healthy combo in all games there on all fronts. Well, this is the situation where we've all, we, we, we've, uh, except for the Messenger DLC, we, we've played all the other games. We've both played them, right? Like yep. it's not just like one person or the other. Yeah. Mm. 
and then oh god I can't wait to play more Dragon Quest. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to take a quick little breather. When we come back, we've got the eShop Roundup and the good old news block. Alrighty, we are back. And it is the new eShop Roundup time. The eShop Roundup. Yeehaw. And we've got a winner to announce. Uh, we were giving away a copy of Miles and Kilo, uh, that the Mick Waits joint that was on last week. Uh, he was kind enough to give us a code to give away. And we've got a winner, Giuseppe M8 over on Twitter is our winner. Congratulations. And it is another week, so therefore... We've got another game to give away. This week, we're going to be giving away Spirit Sphere DX. A uh, friend of the show, Martino, and, uh, and the Fabraz boys, they, they hooked us up with a code. Note, this is an EU code, so you will need to either live in Europe, or you can easily make a nice uh, European account to download it. Very fun little game, uh, worth checking out. So make sure to check out the description we got a link to it right there. Just retweet, follow, all that good jazz. You guys know the deal by now. So, we are, we're done with the giving away spot. What game do you have? What's your pick of the week? What is your pick of the week? So, my pick of the week is uh, a game called Lethal League Blaze. It is kind of like a fighting slash sports game. Uh, definitely got some cool multiplayer, uh, some party or coach uh, coach party game appeal to it. It's 1999. Uh, I think it came out on Thursday last week. It's a very recent release. Um, I it's kind of a combination of of squash. Uh, baseball and dodgeball, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about each one. Uh, so it's squash in that you can you hitting a you're hitting a ball against a wall. And you're trying to hit the ball into your opponent. Or it's like baseball because you can also pick up the ball and try to throw it at your opponent. Or catch it if they throw it at you and you can throw it back at them. And then, of course, because you're trying to hit uh, the ball into your opponent uh, and every time you do, every time you do it does damage, it's kind of like dodgeball as well. So you're, if the, your opponent hits it at you, you're trying to uh, dive out of the way or jump out of the way, you can double jump. Um, it's a it's a 2D game. It's uh, kind of a lot of style to it. It reminds me of uh, something like Jet Set Radio mm. or um, even some of the art like reminds me a little bit of Splatoon as well. Um, it certainly doesn't play like that. It's, again, more of a, a multiplayer or a, yeah, a fighting game. But um, there's a, a free demo in the eShop, which is nice. Uh, you can try uh, a couple of the story mode levels. Uh, you can see the tutorial. And you can also do one versus one versus mode in the demo. So it's definitely worth... Uh, take, taking a quick look at it, uh, I know that uh, Joe reviewed it for NWR and he was pretty high on the game. Uh, so uh, we've already got uh, a review on the site, I think, or coming up soon. You'll be able to check out. Uh, so yeah, check out the review. Try the demo. Uh, it seems like a really kind of neat game. And uh, I, I played the demo and I'm, I'm tempted to get this game because I think when people come over, I think the four player would be pretty fun. Um, every time you hit the ball into an opponent, it damages their life meter at the top and you're just trying to knock them out basically and uh you also have a meter that builds up like a special attack so i think every every different character has a, a unique special attack i've only played the demo so far um but yeah seems like a fun game uh, and one to burst out for uh, if you've got a group of friends coming over 
Yeah, I definitely love the style of this game and, mm-hmm. and the art style, like with the characters over the background. I mean, the backgrounds look really nice too, but the mm-hmm. the, the foreground they sort of pop more vibrant colors. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking here. It says that you can play locally with friends and foes by yourself in single player modes or battle it out online. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize there was online multiplayer. So that's a if, if so the that, online runs well, that might be a good reason to pick this up. Yeah, that that might be something where yeah maybe we can get a few people on staff. We should probably do our due diligence and make sure it actually works online. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would like I said, I've seen some videos of this game and and it looks really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And if the online works well, I mean that could be really fun to stream and play online uh, with different people. And, For sure. And get like a staff. Uh, Staff league going, maybe not necessarily a league, but you know what I mean, get get people playing, and uh, that should be pretty cool. I get the impression it's one of those games where, like, the single player is just kind of okay, and it shows you the ropes, but mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, the meat and potatoes or the real fun of this game is going to be found playing multiplayer. So if you've got people that can come over for coach, uh, coach play, or if you, yeah, if you can find uh, time to play online, yeah, this might be a fun one. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. My game... Going a little, not so uh, bubbly and fun looking. <laughs> right. uh, this is Lust for Darkness, for thirteen thirteen. It's regularly fourteen fifty nine on sale until August first. So it's pretty nice, uh, pretty long sale here. Down thirteen thirteen. Um, it is a psychological horror game, and it just looking at the screenshots, uh, very atmospheric, uh, very creepy looking. Um, yeah, it, it it's a story, I guess, uh, it sort of has two different intertwining worlds and different psychological scares and whatnot, um, and obviously it's got puzzles and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, looks pretty cool. Uh, it is definitely an eerie-looking game, mm-hmm. which is always... Uh, you know, like, it's funny, because when I think of scary games, of course, it, growing up, I was always, like, Resident Evil, you know, oh, zombies, I'm afraid... But, like, having gone back and played, like, Silent Hill after the Resident Evil... Silent Hill is a scary game. Psychological yeah. is way scarier than, like, zombies coming to get you. Um, oh, the, man. So the, game, the games I was most scared by... I mean, th- this game actually looks really scary. The, 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 a lot of dark, like, not a lot of light in the environments. Um, it's... The games I was most scared by as a kid were PC games, actually. I, I think of something like... You know, those first-person games where you're kind of a detective or you're doing puzzle solving. Um, one that it comes to mind is called was called Seventh Guest, and you kind of go in like uh, go in this house that uh, maybe haunted or there were some murders that took place, and you're investigating the house and all these kind of you know apparitions and ghosts pop up and uh, all these kind of screams and eerie sounds and stuff. And I'm like maybe seven or eight years old at this point, and like mm. it's not traumatizing, but I still remember the experience of that game. Even if I wasn't playing it, even if I just watched maybe for like an hour, I haven't forgotten that experience because it, it is pretty powerful and scary. So uh, this one looks like if you're into horror games, this seems like it might be one uh, give you a good scare. Even even a game like Mist, I remember mm-hmm. back in the day, like it's not inherently scary, mm-hmm. but there's just like a, a, a creepiness and, and like oh, it, off-putting, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it just weird yeah you feel I, you feel like you're alone right like there's just no one there's no one else in that game you're kind of exploring by yourself and you worry that something bad could happen something could jump out at any moment it does someone's feel following like me that. everywhere i go and then you open those books and like you mm. get the weird oh god 
Yeah, I remember literally my neighbor had, uh, you know, PlayStation, so they had Resident Evil, and I remember, like, sleeping over their house, just petrified, like, oh, God, yeah. the PlayStation's right over there with Resident Evil in it. A lot of the experience that they had with Resident Evil, with PlayStation, we I played with friends. Like, we'd go to sleepovers, and, like, our, our activity for the sleepover would be, like, playing through Resident Evil 2 or 3 together. And I, I really liked that, because I, I didn't find them as scary when we were all together, or it was fun to be scared together in a group, you know yeah like a play resident Evil 3 like nemesis like pops out of the wall and we're all like screaming and freaking out but <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun when you're doing it together you know it doesn't feel as like off-putting or maybe uh, you don't feel so so lonely or something like that so uh, i i did i did like those games and i i don't like playing horror games by myself i would rather play them in a group like i um a few years ago we played until dawn on ps4 and That's a good uh, one. yeah we played that through with uh with my friend and, and his wife and the great thing about that is there's so many places where you're making decisions. Like you're going, Oh, should I go left? Should I go right? Should I help this person or help this person? And it's kind of one of those really cool things where like the timer's ticking down and like one person is shouting, no, no, go left. And your other friend is no, no, go right. And you kind of have to make a decision at the last second. And I, I love that kind of experience. So, yeah, that, that, that game definitely seems, it's funny. Normally when I play scary games, my sister likes to like hang out and watch. So it's like, okay, we both okay. played together. Um, so yeah, I, I, we played Until Dawn together. Yeah, so you had nice. a little bit of that element of like, hey, you uh, no, do this instead, and and mm-hmm. that game is really cool. I, I really like that game a lot, actually. Me too. Me too. And, and one of my favorite games I played that year. I felt like it came out of nowhere too, and it was just like, oh wow, this game rules. You know, they've um, got a, they've, their next game is coming soon too. Uh, Man of Medan, I think it is called. Is um, it the same style? It's, yeah, it's the same kind of like horror uh, decision-making or narrative type game. I think it's co-op as well. So that kind of lends Ooh, itself perfect. really well to if you and your sister wanted to play together, I think that might be even better for you. Yeah, and for those who don't know, it, like uh, Until Dawn is very much like a, it's a scary game where, yeah, you, you've got to make split decisions and ca- different characters will die or not die depending on those decisions. But it's also like a totally like a cheesy 90s horror movie you know what i mean yeah, like very very much so yeah. so like, it's like you're riff- even, you're, you're stuck in like a chalet on a mountain and it's cold and dark and snowy and yeah, the power and like the power's out or something or right early college friends like yeah. all hanging out and like partying but then there's things yeah it's it, it's it's really really good um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah that, good old horror games i can't wait till capcom either announces resident evil 3 or resident evil 8 yeah, I Resident Evil 8, I feel like they're maybe going to do more remakes before that. I don't know, the remakes seem to be doing well for them, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm trying so to... 7 think, did like, well, too, so... 7 did really well, and then, yeah. yeah, and then obviously, I mean, we we all knew Resident Evil 2 was going to just demolish, especially, of course, like, of course, yeah. even if it sucked, I'm sure it still would have sold really well, Um, but that game was amazing, so... Uh, yeah, I hope they sort of just, like, well, we've got this engine, and, like, obviously Resident Evil 2 and 3, like very similar looking games back in the yes, day so yes. hopefully they could sort of take that uh that engine and make it work but mm-hmm. but i uh anyway we're 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 jumping on all sorts of tangents here let's move ourselves over to the old news block news talk with casey gibson Alrighty, we are into the news block here and there's not a ton of news but of course um, you know, it wouldn't be podcasting if the big megaton news dropped the day after you recorded uh, last week, and that is the Nintendo Switch Lite has been announced. Um, it is $199.99, so you, $200. Bucks. Uh, it's got a real D-pad. 
It cannot be connected to the TV. Um, it has a slightly smaller screen, five uh, five and a half inch screen versus a 5.2 inch screen or a 6.2 inch screen. Excuse me. Um, it runs 720p, you know, similar to what the Switch does in handheld now. Uh, it has slightly better battery life, which you could probably um, thank the no HD rumble or no IR camera. Um, so, you know, the, and the smaller screen, obviously. So those are probably, it's probably a similar battery, but it just go, gets a little extra juice out of it, right? Since it's not using as much, um, no kickstand and it comes in a yellow, gray, turquoise, or a cool Pokemon sword and shield limited edition. And that is dropping on September 20th. So just, uh, just about three months from now, uh, oh, excuse me, two months from now, there are going to be Nintendo Switch lights out there in the open. Jordan, what do you think of this bad boy? I think this is the worst kept secret ever, Casey, because <laughs> we, we'd all been speculating about this. The World Wall Street Journal, like, you know, six months ago said, yeah, Nintendo's working on two new SKUs for the Switch. So uh, we were all expecting like a Switch Lite and a Switch Pro. And so we've got we've got the uh, we've got the former. And I'm really excited about this, actually, because I like the idea of having a smaller uh, smaller handheld uh, Switch to play. Uh, my wife's going to be playing this one. She'll play Animal Crossing on this, maybe Pokemon as well. Uh, I think that the Pokemon Edition one actually looks really great. I don't know if I'm going to wait for that, because I think the Pokemon Edition one doesn't come till November, uh, kind of lining up with the Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield launch. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably get Turquoise. I think that's the one we've kind of decided on. Uh, September 20th, I think that makes so much sense, because... Because, hey, September is the start of like a billion games coming out. So, of course, this is a good time to also release a new a new console or a new SKU for people to pick up. Uh, you've got it coming up for the holidays. So everyone's going to jump on this for Black Friday. Uh, I could see that Pokemon Edition one. I don't think it's going to come with the game, but because it's going to be a limited edition, right? I could see that one just flying off the shelves oh, yeah. in November, and, right? So and, and like you said, it looks really nice because mm -hmm. um, on the back, it's got you know the two legendary pokemon sort of etched yeah. on there but yeah it's yeah. got those that really nice um like pink and blue almost like a like, like boy baby boy and baby girl color uh yeah. buttons yeah. and uh yeah sticks. i like that i like that the when the joy cons kind of have different colors to them i know they're not joy cons but the, the controller sides of the switch have the different colors i think that's always neat and it's cool to have those kind of uh, find a console it's going to be i think it's going to be the same price i think it's 199 um i'm still waiting to see what the price is going to be in canada they haven't announced that mm. yet i'm four you know, million dollars yeah yeah that, that's the, i'm saving up four million dollars to pay for it but uh my hope is two my hope is 249 my guess is 279 but we'll see what happens Man, at, at any rate i still think it's 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 the right price uh the real d-pad is gonna be it's gonna be great you know Dude, that, if there's it's so that many much, games right it's like we should just see how much shipping will cost to to canada and i'll just buy it for you <laughs> like well, if, the, it, if it's cheaper you know you know, you know the. I, I think about the exchange rate, and I think it's if it's about um, one dollar uh, U.S. is about a dollar thirty Canadian right now. I think so. Two hundred works out to about two sixty. So, uh, so that, that, that that's why shipping, it's like the same. It's probably. about the same. Yeah, exactly. So it'll just be interesting to see how kind of how they take into account the exchange rate. Um, like I said, it's uh, two seventy nine is what I'm expecting, but we'll see. Hopefully that'll be announced soon. Uh, again, really happy about the real D pad. Disappointed about the not being able to connect to TV. Uh, gotta say, I thought that might be a feature. I, I you know, I was guessing the, the Joy Cons wouldn't come off. I think everyone was kind of thinking that, but I did think there'd be a way to connect it to your dock. So 
Uh, I'm a little disappointed. It's not it's not a deal breaker, but uh, I was hoping to see that. I guess you know uh, they weren't able to make that work or something like that. So they do yeah. want to seem to be going hard on that. This is just the portable one, right? Like we want to have an exclusively portable Switch SKU. So it wouldn't. I mean, well, first off, I got to imagine like okay. How is this going to be the cheapest we could possibly get it, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe putting in that port to be able to, um, you know, project onto the TV would be too yeah, much. Yeah. Plus, then it wouldn't fit in a regular size dock, presumably. Yeah, that's 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 it, right? That the um, dock is a very the dock is designed to fit the switch very specifically, uh, and so it doesn't move around a lot in there. So this one's smaller across a bunch of different dimensions. So there was, yeah, there was probably no way to make it work reasonably. And also, like, a, a side thing is maybe they're like, well, we'll, we'll get people in the door here. They'll, they'll buy their Switch light. They realize, wow, this is awesome. I, I'm into games. And then maybe, oh, mm-hmm. they upgrade to a, a regular Switch so they can play in the TV, you know. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Nintendo's laughing to the bank twice. Well, I mean, uh, this is this is the whole the main reason for the Switch Lite. I think it's now they've always talked about wanting to get multiple Switches into your household. And unless you're you're someone like David Lloyd who buys two regular switches for his kids, uh, I think a lot of <laughs> Mr. people. Mr. Got Rocks over there, right? <laughs> I think you're you're waiting to to get something smaller or something a little bit different. And there's there's people in the house that they want a, a smaller one, right? They want a portable one. My my wife thinks the the uh, the OG switch now is a little bit too heavy, is a little bit too bulky. You know, she it's is too she's big used, and bulbous. She's used to playing on the new 3DS, which is a really great size, and then the Vita, right, which is also smaller than a switch so i think the switch light is going to be comparable to both of those I, I saw somewhere that the the weight of the switch light is just slightly above a new 3ds but slightly below a new 3ds xl so mm. it's kind of hitting that sweet spot for a portable console i think so yeah i think i think it's gonna do really well uh i'm ex- really excited about this coming out i'll be definitely pre-ordering this as soon as i can uh from my local eb games Heck yeah, um man. And we'll see if there's uh, maybe some kind of trade-in promotion or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy about this. No, I mean, they, they always do upgrade ones, like trade your old thing, you know, get we'll give you a bump up or something, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I know for me, um, I probably won't be getting this. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think the way I would end up with one is if uh, my girlfriend really falls in love with um, Animal Crossing, where yeah, it's like yeah. she wants to have her own town. I want to have my own town. We want to be able to, to you know what I mean, visit each other. You know, where it'd be like, okay, well, instead of buying a full priced, you know, Switch, let's get the the mini or the light, I should say, mm-hmm. and uh, and that would be something where it'd be like, well, all right, we'll split it, you know, and then I could play on it too, you know, when sure, I don't feel sure. like, you know, um, but. At, I hope she. I really hope she loves Animal Crossing because, yeah, I mean, just looking at the pictures, um, I think it definitely looks sleek. It, it like the the colors. I really love the colors. Like who the yeah, heck me is too. getting who's getting gray is what I want to know. Yeah, I. You know what? I ran a poll on Twitter. I think only like twenty people responded, but gray actually came in second. I thought yellow would definitely be the second most popular. So I guess we'll see what happens. Like when it actually releases and it's out in the wild, you'll get to see you know what what people uh, are carting around with them. I think the turquoise looks really good. Yeah, I think, I they, think they, the turquoise they chose great colors here. Turquoise is. I mean, I guess Nintendo's always sort of had a, a soft spot for that kind of blue, right? I feel like mm-hmm. that that blue crops up a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, but man, the yellow, I don't, I don't like if I were to really get one, I'd have to sit and think. Yeah. 
because the turquoise is the easy, like, oh, yeah, turquoise. But then I'm like, that yellow, though, I bet you not a lot of people are going to have that. Like, No, I know. I, but, and I like the idea of having one that maybe not a lot of people have, oh, which, is why I'm, which is why I'm tempted by that Pokemon edition. Because I think mm. it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be pretty rare. And, I, yeah, it looks great, too. They just, they're, they're all kind of soft colors. And I think it, it just looks really, it's very appealing, I think. It's going to have, yeah. I think it's going to have a widespread appeal for, you know, all different types of people, all, all different types of gamers, right? So I can't wait to see this up against a Vita because it's actually funny. Mm. Uh, Caitlin was like, oh, it looks just like a Vita. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, like a proud boyfriend. I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, she's, buddy. She's uh, making video game connections. I love this. That's right. That's right. Well, Like, like that one my... time when she walked yeah. over and I was watching Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer. Okay. She's like, is that Cloud? I yeah. was like, yes. And you're you're like oh, crying. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. Um, there's another cool thing that I don't think has uh, been a hundred percent confirmed, or it's kind of flying under the radar. But it sounds like if you if this is a second switch for you, you can move all of your games over to the second switch or like you can you can let's say you've got a profile on your your original switch you can download your profile on the switch Lite, and you can play all your games on the switch Lite. so you as long as you're not playing the same game at the same time i think you're i think you're able to to kind of share that library so uh you know nintendo hasn't always been the best at doing that you know like you might have multiple ds's or 3ds's but you can't mm-hmm. share the lineup and you're locked so, to one yeah exactly yeah and I, I hated that about the 3ds because i've i've got like four 3ds family systems right now but they all have different games on them because just mm-hmm. because of the way the way that uh, uh the sharing of things worked or did i should say didn't work so it's really nice that with our second switch i can just throw all my games on my switch Lite, and if i want to play it over there i'll play them over there if i want to play it on my og on the tv then that's not a big deal. I think they're uh, Doug Bowser said on Twitter or somewhere about um, uh, finding out some elegant solution for moving your saves over and moving your games over. So it sounds like they're working on something, you know, it is still Nintendo. So always take this with a grain of salt. You know, it might not be implemented that well. It might be a pain in the butt to actually do it, but it sounds like they are in the process of making that happen. So that's something to be excited about too. Yeah. That, that would easily like, say i wanted to get one of these it would a hundred like regardless of whether caitlin wanted to play it or not like i was Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna get one it would totally be dependent on having that accessibility because if i was going to do that then essentially my other switch would sit in the dock at all times and i would play it when i'm playing on the tv and then Mm -hmm. i want to be able to grab the switch light and like have my saves instantaneously like be connected to my profile and whether i log on the the regular or the light you know what I mean? That's where that shows up. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah, it's like they need to figure that out if they want the the. I don't want to say the average Joe because we're certainly not the average Joes. But like mm-hmm. the the hardcore enthusiasts that want to have both, like that's how you're going to sell multiple consoles. Is if that that use between the two is seamless. Yeah, you can't pretend that you know this is mine and that's yours and they're never going to come together, right? The uh, 
obviously if people are buying a second switch for their household they don't want to rebuy all their games necessarily right maybe there's a couple games where you might like to have your your own things together like animal but, crossing yeah you'll, yeah you'll have each each have a copy but then yeah like so you can play together at the, or play at the same time right but other games like like maybe i'm finished with dragon quest builders uh, i want my wife to give it a try okay then i'm done with that on mine i throw it on the switch light she can play it now right she, like, she that, totally should nice. it's a great game yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know that it's totally her bag. I think that uh, Animal Crossing certainly is, and we're both oh, really yeah. excited about that. So, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I know she's excited. But and if a Tomodachi life ever came to the Switch, I know she'd yep, be yep. she'd be pumped. We about that. we both we both played that as well, and we had a lot of fun with that too. Oh man, Ugh, that yellow is growing on me. Also, maybe, maybe with September twenty, we're gonna see. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like maybe with the Switch Lite, we're gonna see more of those kind of games, right? Like maybe they were waiting to. I think it's one of the reasons why Animal Crossing might have gotten delayed is so you can launch a Switch Lite, a bunch of people can get it, and then, okay, here's the game you're going to play next year with your Switch Lite. So maybe we will get a new Tomodachi Life, more uh, th- those kind of casual games or easier, uh, simpler games. We'll get some of those uh, after this uh, new console launches. That that would be amazing. I, I would certainly love that. But yeah, all I know is the Switch Lite is going to fly yep. off the shelf because Pokemon, then, then it'll have a resurgence with Animal Crossing, and oh, baby. Come on, how many people are going to buy Link's Awakening, that cutesy-wootsy Link's oh. Awakening, as you like to say? And then they're going to buy their cutesy-wootsy Switch Lite? <laughs> Same day, right? Like, it's it's so, it's so easy. Like, Nintendo's really good at that. They're really good at releasing a new console with a game that suits it so well like you launch switch you launch zelda the same day oh guess what switch is the perfect console for breath of the wild it's you know link's awakening is gonna be a great game to play it's a you're talking about a game that originally released on game boy the first nintendo handheld and now you're getting the switch only handheld skew and you're launching the the remake of it like Come on, this is, it's so easy, right? It's gen- then, genius level here. And then later that week, you could play Contra. You download <laughs> yeah, the new Contra. Oh, I know Neil's going to be playing that. So, <laughs> yeah. but even like a game like Dragon Quest, like yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh, mm, yeah, this will be great. Oh, it'll be great for Dragon Quest, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know how often I'm going to be docking to play Dragon Quest. I want to play this game in bed. I want to play it. And you want to lying on you, my couch, right? You were saying you want to play it. Um, in the pixel mode, right? Pretty oh, much all the way one, through. 100% baby. Like I, I'm going to switch. I'm going to look at what the 3D looks like every new time I go to a new place. I go to a new town. I'll quickly check the 3D and then I'm back to 90% of my playthrough on the 2D. Like I, uh, I, lo- I love that. And this, dude, I, yeah. I can't wait to, like I'm actually excited to see how it pans out for me because yeah. I'm definitely going to, like, because the game looks wonderful, the mm-hmm. new, you know, visuals, but yeah, the how nostalgic and and just the charm of being able to go back to the 8-bit and, yeah. and be like oh whew. just 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 comparing some of the stages or boss fights or things that happen in the game comparing the 3d version to the 2d version would be i i, I you know I've, I've got a an idea for a video now like this is something we got to put up on our, our youtube channel is all these comparisons of dragon quest 11 for different segments of the game played in 2d or 3d and oh man yeah, I, it's gonna be wait. awesome September. September. Woo-wee. What a month, right? Like a new console, like week after week of awesome games and football. I, I, Life I, will oh, be good. Don't, don't. Okay. The podcast can go another hour. If we start talking about football. Okay. But so that's the only bad <laughs> thing about when, when football season comes, like yeah. my video game playing. Cause like Sunday is like yeah, monopolized yeah, by playing, uh, by watching football. So it's that's like, that's a good point. 
oh september's gonna be hard to juggle but but actually i like i like uh, one one last thing about football i like monday night and thursday night if the matchup's not that great but i still want to leave it on the background oh yeah hey i'm putting on i'm putting on the football and i'm kicking back on the switch so that's on your switch light baby that's right there it is all right now moving along we've got that that was the heavy hitter news for the week Mm -hmm. Uh, we've just got some tidbits here um Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is now the biggest title at EVO 2019 with uh, over 35,000... Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely the biggest, 35,000. Could you imagine the the pot bonus for that many people? Uh, 3,500 entries. That's still enormous. Uh, Yeah. Man, and and just think of all the pools. They they knock it down to, what, like 64 or whatever. I guess with that many, they probably even go bigger than that. But... uh, Man, I, I love Evo. I, I love, I love watching Smash competitively. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like especially the high end players. So a uh, lot of players. Obviously, uh, Smash is a big old success, and uh, it's it's cool to see it just continue to do well in the competitive scene. It sounds like these events are getting bigger every year, which is great. You know, it's it's video games gaming gaining more legitimacy. People that play games professionally or put in so much time and effort to become really really good at these games getting more notice getting more notoriety you know like i want to see these people do well i want i want smash bros players to be on this world stage and everyone kind of cheering them on and stuff like that and uh yeah it's it's really cool that smash ultimate is doing well Uh, i do want to get back to it at some point my my wonder is evo is coming up soon is it later this month case uh i believe it's the first week of august okay because i i wonder Uh, if there's gonna be I wonder if there's going to be the, uh, the hero. hero character uh, launched around Evo. I feel like that would be a smart move by Nintendo to kind of pair it up with an event that so many people are going to be watching where Smash is your biggest game. Why not announce some really big news? Hey, here's the new character you guys have been waiting for. Yeah, let's see. It is August 2nd through the 4th. Okay. Um, yeah, I could see... Now I wonder, do you? I guess do you release it right beforehand, or do you release it right afterwards? Yeah, I mean, either way, I think you've you've got the buzz, right? You've got I people guess, talking about your game. I guess if you do it right beforehand, then that's all. That talk is continued into like all of the streaming, like you know, during yeah, the matches, right. it, it gets brought up. Um, they can talk about it at the event, and anyone watching the event is going to be talking about that. You mm-hmm. think so? Yeah, before and, make before it makes sense. And really, it's not that far off the release of Dragon Quest itself. Now, I nope. wonder maybe um, I don't know if they'd want to get out and already because instead of like releasing a character, uh, you know, maybe saving the release of the hero for truly like more you know closer to uh, Dragon Quest, if they mm-hmm. would reveal the fourth DLC character. Because then that's obviously that's megaton news, and then it's not you know mm. releasing a character when you know. But I don't know. I think they should be doing something. Yeah, I think you. I think you have to release one of these three characters or two characters before you announce the next one. Like, uh, you, and I think they said uh, hero is supposed to be summer as well. So we're kind of right in the middle of summer here, just before Evo, uh, you know, peak summertime. So I think I think that before Evo or around it sounds like a good bet for the new character but uh well we'll see we'll find out soon enough this next bit i want to let you take this bad boy yeah so uh you know a long time coming i think but uh it sounds like square enix has finally fixed the ff9 music bug 
Uh, so anyone who has been playing it on Switch, I think there's a, a patch you can download now, uh, or anyone who buys the game from this point on, you should have the patched version of the game where there's no more music bug. The music won't just cut off uh, when you're in the overworld and kind of restart or whatever. So uh, that's a nice thing. It, it suggests that maybe Square Enix is going to, in the future, for more of these uh, games that they're porting, uh, maybe they'll take a little bit more care with them or yeah, make sure they don't ship with kind of these, these annoying bugs with them. But uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, FF7, I think, also had the music bug. Yeah, that, that one was fixed a while ago. Yeah, that was fixed before. So they, they kind of went back, and even though FF9 came out first, they've gone and uh, fixed that music bug as well. So They probably uh, were like, well, more people are playing 7, so let's let's concentrate on that one. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, sure, I mean, yeah. it's nice to see they finally went back to do it. I mean, these, these bugs have been known in these ports for quite some time now, so uh, it's nice to see them working back and, and fixing it up a little bit. Yeah, like I said, I think it bodes well for future releases that if there are bugs, they'll take care of them at some point, or uh, if there are bugs, they'll fix it maybe before it even uh, before the game even launches. So, uh, yeah, kudos to them for, for finally making good on that. Sweet. Now, we've got two more bits of news. This one, a new Super Monkey Ball has been rated in T- Taiwan for the Switch, uh, also for PS4 and PC. That's a... Uh, uh, you ever play Monkey Ball? Were you a Super Monkey Ball guy? Uh, I'm not. I, I played a little bit of the one that came out around the GameCube launch. I don't know which one that was, though. Casey, I think, maybe I think that me. was just straight up Super Monkey Ball. Okay, so I think there's, there's that one and there's a sequel to it. And then this next one is called Banana Ball Blitz, I think. Um, and it seems to be, just from kind of what, what people have been talking about today, it seems to be maybe the one that's a little bit less regarded or mm. maybe not as uh, well-liked as the previous two, but maybe still uh, has a fan base. Maybe there's still people that are looking forward to this game. I, I saw a couple of screenshots. It looked pretty sharp. It looked pretty nice. So uh, I'm, I'm curious about this one. I might take a look at it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I ever owned uh, Super Monkey Ball, but I remember playing it a lot on the GameCube, uh, like mm-hmm. you said, sort of similar. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, I actually didn't see the uh, the trailer. I'm looking at it now. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a fun game. Um, I, I would be curious, like, if it would be like a... Yeah, all right. So it's coming uh, October 29th. Banana right, Ball yeah. Blitz. That's the same day as... Um... Resident Evil 5 and 6, I believe, got announced today as well for that. Oh, boom. There so you go. Throw, throwing them all three together there. Yeah. Which one's the best? Probably Banana Blitz. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the games are fun, and, you know, I'd be interested to see how they hold up, you know, X amount of years later if the, the gameplay would still be a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I like I said, I enjoyed my time with Monkey Ball back in the day, so be something uh, I, I might keep the old eye out on. And um, bringing us to the last point here, Jordan, this is some more good news, isn't it? It is, yeah. We've got Monolith uh, recruiting staff for three games. Um, One I I think we're not surprised by, and that's Breath of the Wild 2. Um, uh, Another Xenoblade game? Did that get confirmed, Case? Do we know they're working on a new Xenoblade, or are we just kind of speculating here? Uh, I I just saw this this news said it was the new Xenoblade. I I don't know if they've come out and literally said, like, hey, but, like, I think everyone... I mean, we we know we know yeah. we know there's going to be another Xenoblade game. They've done each entry has done better than the last, I believe. You know, uh, and we got that Torna DLC, which I think you know they, it was good enough, or they knew it was going to sell well enough to release it as a standalone. So, uh, uh, the question now is whether that's Xenoblade Three or if it's Chronicles X Two, 
And I'll be frank, I kind of hope it's the latter because I want to see what happens with uh, the story in Xenoblade uh, X. And I, I just loved the flying around and the scales in that game. And I'd love to see them kind of even do a little bit more with that, with the, the new Switch, uh, the, the power that Switch has over the Wii U. Um, I'd like to see what they do with that. Uh, uh, just the exploration in that game was really fun. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot about Xenoblade X that is kind of lacking, like the uh, the city music, for example. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I forget yeah. the exact beats. It, it's something. It's something terrible like that. But yeah, yeah. The maybe they'll hire Perry, and Perry can do a much better job of good old uh, new city, LA, the town music. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see a new Xenoblade X game. Um, and then it, it sounds like they're going to be working on a new IP. I don't know if we have any details about this game. Um, I'm trying to think back to something I may have read about it being more of a fantasy setting. Uh, probably still an RPG. They seem to that seems to be their bread and butter, but uh, maybe more of a fantasy setting compared to the uh, the more maybe sci-fi or um, uh, the, the the Xenoblade kind of themed ones. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be interested. Obviously, they've got uh, you know they've built up such a pedigree with Xenoblade games that I would be very excited to see what what they would do with just a brand new IP, you know what I mean? To, to go out there and sort of uh, spread their wings and see what's up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, woo, I love me some monolith. And yeah, uh, I, I think job. that uh, working on the breath of the wild and then, you know, being kind of called upon, you know, to get the tap on the shoulder to work on the second breath of the wild game. I mean, that's really cool, right? That they're Nintendo obviously has a ton of faith in these guys and, uh, they've, they've put out, you know, a bunch of really, really fun games. And, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see what they have next. I think they've definitely earned they're like uh, the, new the trust retro. and benefit of the doubt. Sorry, Case, you are saying? I said they're like the new retro. Oh, yeah. I mean, retro who? Like, yeah. Who, yeah, well, know. I mean, in, the, yeah, in, the, in terms I, I of... I get like, it. Yeah. I get it, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, they're, I know they're, they're the, I mean, when retro in their heyday with all the Prime games and everything else that they were doing, Luigi's Mansion... Um, and now, yeah, you've got Monolith just kind of hitting it out of the park with every game they put out. So, yeah, they've, they've kind of become that, that second-party studio that is just, you know, really re- being relied upon heavily by Nintendo to... Uh, pr- I mean, it, these Xenoblade games are basically Nintendo's RPGs, right? Like, Nintendo doesn't have a lot of uh, first, first, you know, first-party for uh, all intents and purposes RPGs. So uh, these, are the, these are their heavy hitters in that department. So, yeah, uh, can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just hope to God they don't follow the same fate as Retro has. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't I I don't imagine that some that Nintendo would let that happen again like with another huge studio. Like, yeah, that that's a whole other podcast. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to bring us to the end of the news, and that's also going to bring us to the end of the podcast here. Jordan, thank you so much for for filling in for Perry uh, as he's off doing baby things. And, yeah, uh, we we got we got lucky. I I my my wife didn't come into the room and say that we need to go to the hospital. So uh, good for another little while here, but uh, happy to fill in. You know, on any occasion, uh, obviously you know, Perry's gonna have his hands full for a little while. But uh, yeah, um, if you if you need you know more help in the future, case or uh, yeah, I'm always happy to join you guys. We always have such a good time, and uh, this was another fun episode too. But uh, if if Perry's busy or something like that, and you need someone to pitch in, you know, just just uh, give me a tap on the shoulder, and if I'm not too busy, if I'm not in the exact same position yeah. <laughs> that he's in right now uh i'll see what i can do i was yeah. gonna say I, you two will be following similar it'll be like you guys are playing dragon quest builders together it is kind of cool building right? a like, baby 
it's 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 a similar thing like you we talked about playing dragon quest 11 together and you and david playing xenoblade 2 together uh you, when you have kind of babies at the same time as your friends uh you do share a lot of stuff right you you, you know how, what do you do in this situation you know what are you what are you feeding them what what milestone are they at are they eating now are they talking now you kind of talk about all those things so yeah that'll be a fun thing to do with perry for sure Heck yeah. All right, so why don't you tell, before we, we sign off here, mm-hmm. tell the fine folks where they can find you. Yeah, so please uh, look me up on Twitter, at Riskman64, R-I-S-K-M-A-N 64. Um, I post all my reviews there. I'm often uh, kind of chatting about games that I'm playing. I posted some thoughts on the Messenger DLC. I'm going to update that a little bit later today as well. Uh, like I said, I was working on the uh, Mario Maker 2 story mode playthrough. Uh, I've tweeted about all those videos. You can find those on NWR TV as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be maybe a little bit quiet over the next couple of weeks, you know, as uh, our baby comes due and I'm busy with that. But uh, moving into the into August and September, uh, there's going to be tons of games to talk about. So please hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to talk to you guys about games, uh, uh, different podcasts I'm on, like the Thirsty Mage and the eShop Action Committee. Uh, and, you know, Casey is uh, generous enough to regularly give me time on uh, Talk Nintendo. So uh, always have always have a blast podcasting with you guys, too. Heck yeah, man. Awesome. And for anyone interested, you can find the show on Twitter at Talk Nintendo Pod. That's Talk Nintendo P-O-D. And you can also find us over on Patreon.com slash NWR, where we do all sorts of fun stuff. We've got exclusive podcasts. The uh, most recent exclusive RFN just went up there. Uh, We've got a a game night upcoming and uh, all that good stuff. So you definitely want to check out over there. We're actually, we're at $2.99, just a dollar short from making a monthly um, Patreon stream over on Twitch. Uh, Speaking of which, this Sunday we will be doing Metal Mario Chef uh, last week with some scheduling uh, conflicts and, you know, Perry having a baby uh that we sort of got a, a little jumbled up so instead of doing a uh, metal mario chef i just did a mario stream with listener levels again which was a lot of fun but this upcoming sunday 9 30 we will be doing metal mario chef the first official episode for uh, mario maker 2 and we're gonna have andre from game explained so that's gonna be really fun um and definitely worth checking out um and i think that is pretty much all I've got to 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 pimp out there. So once again, thank you, Jordan, for, for filling in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will catch you next week on episode 149. timestamps because i'm gonna have to edit this sucker um stupid perry